0: Welcome to the TTPOA Podcast, a podcast for SWAT officers, military, and all first
1: responders. We'll be talking training, tactics, and leadership with the best subject matter experts around. Here are your hosts, Derek and Brandon. What is going on guys? Welcome to the TTPOA podcast as always. I'm Derek and I'm here with my boy Brandon. What's going hey, on Derek? Man? What's happening man? Nothing man. Hey, uh, before we jump into episode 12, which I think is Dang. unbelievable that cool. we haven't got uh, the executive board to pull the plug yet on this on this thing, but uh, we're cool. cooking well, they, right along. I here.
2: don't know if they even know we're doing this. So. Yeah, so. we got like four listeners now. Yeah, five, so. <laughs> maybe, maybe up to five. We I don't know if we even told them we're doing this. So. Does maybe our family count as listeners? Yeah, we'll count them. We need everything we well, can get.
1: Episode 12. And like I said, before we jump in, man, we got some TTPOA news, man. So, October 7th, yep. TTPOA competition is kicking off down in Conroe at the uh, FBI training facility. Uh, so, if you guys haven't signed up, go ahead and start get signing it. up because we only have 30, 30 spots available for those teams and they do sign up quick. Um, you competing this year?
2: I will be. Yeah, My so, body holds up.
1: Yeah, so am I. Probably going to totally regret You're going to tear that O course
2: up, aren't you? uh tear it down tear it down hey that's what we need the night before let's burn that shit the night before (laughs) i'm gonna go out there with a
1: with a can of uh, gas and a couple matches and burn that hey i'll help
2: you i will help you promise yes all right hopefully the night before we're not at church like last year if we have a bad showing (laughs) a bad showing we'll be at church we'll be at
1: church yeah we'll be at church and then we can go Go. to the oak horse shenanigans (laughs) all right man well hey episode 12 man uh we're gonna kick off here with uh clint bruce and it'd be easier to say what you haven't done versus the things that you've done. Man, it's just like this Forrest Gumpian kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so you okay, so stu- stumble upwards, stumble upwards. It's funny that you said the Forrest Gump thing because I yeah. thought about saying you're like, oh you're, yeah, no, I like it. Like everything you touch, has like turned to gold. Well, no, that's what you know, I was going to say, but I didn't
0: want you to beat me up. So no, no. So it may turn to gold, but whether it stays gold has a lot to it when I, I move on to the next thing. So if I stay too long, it'll it's it'll tarnish really quickly.
1: So. I doubt that. That's why I just got to
0: find this next Ridge line. It's like, you keep, keep them fooled and then go, Yeah. go to the next one, man.
1: So U S Naval Academy. Barely, barely, barely. It was a de- it. desert
0: storm. Uh, I don't know. Th- I don't know how many other people applied. NFL. Sam Johnson didn't really, I mean, it was his first time he'd become a con. So I'm not sure he took the appointment thing as seriously. Yeah. As maybe he should have and let me in. And then, um, NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lois. Very low-ranking Naval Academy. My, my Naval Academy career was like this arbitration between athletic overperformance and academic underperformance.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh, played in the NFL, but no one knows that because I played the same position as Ray Lewis.
1: It doesn't so matter. You're still he's, there.
0: He's pretty good.
1: Did anyone else in the room play in the NFL? Uh, no. No, yeah. So yeah, And I remember that. being in practice day <laughs> and watching
0: him just going, man, it might be easy to become a Navy SEAL and beat out Ray Lewis.
2: <laughs> and it was. I think it probably was. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. Like, the teams you can go to— Ray Lewis is. Oh, yeah. Like, you have no excuse to go, no. well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm better than that guy. No, I mean, there's. No, it, it, the thought didn't occur to Yeah. About like, changing positions, maybe?
0: Well, I'm not good at much. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's <laughs> like you when you're a one trick pony, if someone else does that trick, you're kind of hosed. Yeah. So, what year was that? That was 97. So, I mean, like, so he was, he that was ascending... At, yeah. It was Tony Zirguza. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was, it was the, it was the foundational piece of that, that Super Bowl team. And, and I remember, I remember watching. A lot of people don't understand how wide Ray Lewis is. So, uh, so, one, he's wide, and then, two, he's incredibly quick. So, he's kind of in the A-gap and the B-gap just in his initial stance. And then they say hut, and then you're he just he's like, I've never seen that before.
1: Well, I don't know if you've <laughs> seen yourself, but you're not a narrow person. Uh, well, and I'm not as narrow as I used to be. In him. And even then I, <laughs> I wasn't incredibly narrow. All right, so, hey, before we jump in, let's go, let's go back to uh like you're not originally from from Dallas or from no? I was Texas born or...
0: in Arkansas and I moved down to Garland when I was in middle school. No, Where in Arkansas? And what's
1: the difference Rock, between Arkansas and Garland?
0: Uh, proximity to yeah. Six Flags. Okay, closer <laughs> to Wet and Wild than Six Flags. Gotcha. And uh, which <laughs> I mean, was a big perk for us. I mean, it was like I was like, man, it's. Still in Arkansas, I'm just closer to Six Flags. Got some running water. And yeah. Got some rides. running water. It works
2: great. Well, hell, well, Garland had the Wet and Wild. Yeah. And then it absolutely. had White Water first. And then it was, it was t- White Water. I worked yeah. there. Did I you really? Be, yeah. The, the David Hasselhoff
0: of Garland. I didn't say that about myself. I mean, pe- people said <laughs> it about, about me. I didn't say it about myself. Though. Yeah. It was a waveguard. It was a big deal. And uh, I used to swim in that wave pool. I would, I would work security, and I would turn. I would swim in the wave pool. And I was like, man, this is getting me so ready for SEAL training. And, <laughs> nope. Not at all. Not in the least. Not in the least. So what, not uh, in the least.
1: Now, how many high schools does Garland have? What high school did you go to?
0: Well, when I was there, we had uh, we had South Garland, Garland, North Garland, Lakeview, and Naaman had just started. Damon Forrest had just started. Mm-hmm. So where- Which I think that's pretty... Pretty, I think is what it is now. I was at yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, it's still South Carolina. It's still the same.
1: So, what yeah. position did you play at South Carolina? The only position I've ever been good at is linebacker. That's it, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. how big were you in uh, high school? I was about six foot, about 230, 225, 230. That's big for a high school kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we had a great program, too, man. I mean, Texas 5A ball, you know, I ended up playing against guys I played against in high school and college. And then in the league, there's guys I'd played against since high school, right? I mean, just at Dallas Fort Worth 5A. Uh, environment. There's a couple guys on our team played big time college. One, Denard Walker, went on to the NFL. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it was, I was in a, had an incredible program, incredible coaches. Very, very blessed. So, did you yep. want to move to that next level, like? Yeah, I'd, I'd always wanted to, I'd, like when I was young, I said, I want to play in the NFL and I want to be a Navy SEAL. It was just kind of two things. That I'd, I'd, uh, <laughs> Let's pick the two yeah. hardest
1: things ever. <laughs> and I, they, listen, there college. wasn't a lot
0: of consideration of the route to that. I mean, I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'll do that, right? So just, That
1: sounds easy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it is. It is pretty interesting. I, I get asked often like, hey, when did you decide you wanted to go on the SEAL teams? And, and I'd never really been able to point to like this Genesis moment where I was like, oh, that was it. Until the COVID hit and everybody started staying home from school, and my daughter—well, I have three daughters. My oldest daughter came up to me. She goes, "Dad, you want to watch Magnum Pi?" I'm like, "Absolutely!" <laughs> and she turned on the new one. I'm like, "All oh, stop! This is crap. Yeah. We're not watching that. That's not. Yeah. That's not Magnum Pi." Like
1: you're talking like Tom so, Selleck. Yeah, Selleck. I was like, so we, "I took Selleck? her back." Yeah I, yeah, Tom yeah, Selleck, 100%. yeah,
0: I took her back to the 1980, the original Magnum Pi. Yeah. I
2: watched the whole thing. Harry chess short absolutely shorts. short shorts,
0: and um, and right. uh, there, so there's a there's a Episode in one of the first few seasons where they kind of reveal that the character, Thomas Magnum, had played football at the Naval Academy and had been a Navy SEAL. And I remember I had this super lucid, vivid memory of sitting in Little Rock, Arkansas with my dad on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. That's when it was on. And that part came on. I remember I turned to look at my dad and said, hey, dad, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL and go to the Naval Academy
1: and play football. He was like, all right. Cool, <laughs> That's kind of it. This kind of I was,
0: I was kind of the, So be careful what you watch. So right? your
1: senior year, you just were driven to go to the naval academy. Well, or did you want to go somewhere else at first and then just kind of? No, let down this I mean,
0: path? I was really fortunate. I just, I, I love the game so much, and I love the guys I played with, and I didn't really pay attention to the whole college stuff. And then my dad got sick my senior year, and I just kind of put blinders on my senior year and, and played the game and, and didn't really realize how many opportunities i was getting to play at other schools i was i was very fortunate to be recruited by a, a lot of other schools and mm. but the naval academy had just always had an appeal to me and then and then i remember um I, i've always loved the army navy game i thought the army navy game was special and i got interviewed a few years ago about the army navy game and they were asking about rivalry games and I, they said greatest rival so what do y'all think they listed off the games i said man i love those games those games are amazing you know auburn alabama texas ou michigan ohio i said but the army navy game stands apart and the editor of the of the magazine was like, "What do you what do you mean? I mean, because they weren't playing great football at the time." And I said, "Well, you show me another game where everybody playing is willing to die for everybody watching, and I'll tell you that we have company. It's a different game." And I'd always wanted to go there, but when my dad got sick, I had to start looking at colleges through the lens of forty years instead of four years. Mm-hmm, and I remember going to visit my dad in Medical City, and he said, "Um." You know, we just had this really frank conversation. He's like, "Hey, son," because we we gotta talk. And he goes, "Leaders talk about what they don't want to talk about. They say what they don't want to say. They hear what they don't want to hear, and they do what they don't want to do. They plan for what they don't want to happen, and that's what makes them leaders." And he goes, "I'm fighting. Doctors are working hard, but you're the oldest son. and If this doesn't work out, you you gotta take care of the family. So you have to make a effectively, his words, where you got to make a 40 year decision not a four year decision." When you measure the service academy against all the other schools I had an opportunity to go to, and that's not a disservice to any other schools. It's just service academies are different. I was like, you know, you have kind of like the intellectual prestige of the Ivy Leagues plus the service and the leadership pieces. And and I didn't know if I could make it. I didn't know if I could stay there. I, I didn't know, one, if I could get there, if I could stay there, because I just knew what I was getting into.
1: Right. And um, But but as the oldest son, it just, that's the one. So, if we have some younger listeners that think about going into um, like a military academy yeah. versus like a normal college, what's mm-hmm. the steps that they need to do? Like, what what do they need to do to get there? Well,
0: I, I think you get a, I think you gotta you never want to put yourself in a position to not be able to do something because you didn't work hard enough along the way. And so that was for me, like the intensity to want to be an Navy SEAL and want to be an NFL at a young age. And just have those blinders on what I knew very early is if I didn't, if I managed to not do those two things, I would still be further ahead than if I'd set these moderate goals and expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. So my deal is like always aspire greatly and always put yourself in the position and never disqualify yourself for anything. And, and if you do those things then those things you aim for may be available to you. And if they don't, then a, a tremendous amount of other things are available to you as well. Cause you've, you've had no easy days. You've always run out the hard things. Mm-hmm. And I tell any of the listeners that are young, it's like, Hey, listen, you know, do every day. Like you got to apply tomorrow. You, know, you got you got to apply for the naval academy. You got to apply for West Point. Yeah, you know, if, you know if you're start your career wanting to be on SWAT, and, and when you think in those horizons, when you think in that, you that's why I'm a. I mean, Ross, you said this a million times. So, I'm, for me, there's kind of four maps that matter most, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the ball field, the battlefield, the boredom, and the breakfast table, mm-hmm. and and for. For some of us, those are literal. Like, for all of us, we played sports. The ball field was a literal place. Now, for me, right. it's, it's more metaphorical. Mm-hmm. It's perform at a high level mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And you have the battlefield, which you guys are on every day and what I was on. And mm-hmm. the battlefield was a little place. Now it's being able to protect for the, protect those whom God has entrusted to me. Mm-hmm. Then you have the boardroom, which is your profession. Provide for those whom God has entrusted to you. And then the breakfast table is the map that matters most. And build and lead a family that I love that loves me and that matters to others, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so critical to have those maps. The worst you, will if you've got map, if you got a map, the worst you'll ever be is wrong, but you won't be lost. There's a big difference. Big difference between being wrong and lost. And I've right. been both. Yeah. And I hate them both, but I'll take wrong over lost any day. Yeah. Because when you're lost, any move could be wrong, <laughs> yeah. right? right? When you're wrong, you're just like, uh, oh, where am I supposed to be? Where am I? How do I get there? Who, who? And so for me, I, I, I think a lot of what I enjoy now is a byproduct of just being around intentional men and women, teachers, coaches, parents right. said, Hey, where do you want to go? And then, and then my mind's always been on a map. So I've never, I may have been wrong, but I've never not known where I was going. Right. And, right. And the earlier you can adopt that persistent adventure mentality, right. And mm-hmm. then you can reverse engineer what it takes to get to this place. You said you want to go. No, I like that. Uh, then you head out and you pay attention though. Cause you know, a lot for me, life is like going from ridgeline to ridgeline to ridgeline. Right. Mm-hmm. So once you're on a ridgeline, You take in the view, you celebrate it. Pick another ridge line, you start going. Mm -hmm. But you pay attention because you may learn something along the way that points you to a different ridge line. But you're never going backwards, and you're never static, right? Mm -hmm. So you just kind of go to the next thing.
1: Man, any uh, any guys that you met in the Naval Academy, coaches, professors, friends that influenced you along the way? Most of them,
0: most of them, man. Like you know, I think you guys heard me say stuff before about this concept of pursuing elite and. At the end of the day, there's really only five outcomes, bad, average, good, excellent, and elite. And the difference between being excellent and elite is are you done or you're not done yet? When you surround yourself with people who aren't done yet, who, who get to where everybody else says they could, and they hug and they high-five and they celebrate and they, they rest and they recover and they revel because they should. But but I've found myself in the company of people who reload instead of relax. And, and that prompts you to do the same. Like Like I'm always kind of surrounding myself with – People who scare me a little bit. Like, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't put out, they're going to leave me behind, right? And they're mm-hmm. going to call me out, right? Yeah. So again, I got to have this chase-pace-pull mentality, like chase the right people to the right places, keep pace with people that are going to leave you behind if you don't put out, yeah. and then pull someone behind you. Because if you don't, you're going to be doing this, whatever this is, mm-hmm. for longer than you want to or longer than you're good at it. And both of those are a disservice to the this, whatever the this is, yeah. right? So,
2: so I was just surrounded by that my whole life. So we've been talking, I don't know, five minutes or so. And, man, you've thrown out, like, jewel after jewel after jewel. So when, when in your life did you start developing all of this? Like, you, you said your dad gave you these this, this wisdom and what you said. I think you need to repeat that because there's guys that are probably listening to this podcast. Damn it, what do he say? I'm going to pause this. But, like, so was it? dad started all that and then you just kept building on it is there books that you read and then just Whoa. cause I'm listening to you I'm like damn there's so many like books that you could there's a lot of just yeah. knowledge man I was, that I you was a
0: voracious reader man really? you know, like I was grounded a lot when I was growing up so I just sit in my room and read books while the kids are playing that's how I got chunky and, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah 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 that's uh that's that's that's, that's, that's where the chunkiness started right? <laughs> I, got, I got grounded a lot. I'll show you mom I'll read this book go on an adventure and with this them. Twinkie It's exactly right <laughs> and uh and, but I, 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 one of the things I credit my parents for is like, you're that thing, you're the, you're the aggregate of the five people you're around, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're being raised, you're the aggregate of the five people your parents are around, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just surrounded by it. I mean, my family's in farming and ranching up in Arkansas. I've been surrounded by hard work. You know, I just, so for me, it was just evidentiary. I just, right. just saw it every day, right? And, and then when my dad got sick, you know, I, I, I tell my daughters, I'm like, girls, it's always, it's words work and wins, right? And, you got to put your words to work and serendipity has a lot more to do with success than most people think, but you got to put your words to work, right? Mm-hmm. And when my dad got sick and throughout my life, we'd had some adversity in my life as I just watched people put these words. I heard him say to work in the lives that they were leading, whether it was on the farm, on the mountain, or it was in the hospital room, whether it was in the be- you know, at the, at the breakfast table, I just had always been around people who had been willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so for me, it was a, Hey, if you want this, if you, if you if you say the words, you better do the work. And and the wins will come. Like, wins will come. Or they won't. But even if you, you know, again, these are just, this is where my brain works. Like, I told my daughter the other day, I was like, hey, you lose, you get beat, or you win. Mm-hmm. And losing is you beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Getting beat, just get beat. And wins, winning. I've been beat a ton. And I've won some. but I've tried to never lose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you just... You kind of watch these people in your life that you're chasing, and if you got to relearn what they already showed you, that's kind of on you. And so I'm just incredibly, incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by players and coaches. You know, you go to the naval academy, and you know I'm a, you know, coming out of Texas, I didn't realize what an advantage football in Texas was until I went to college.
2: And
0: and, you know, all of us had come out of college. I mean, like in a lot of other places, this is back in the early '90s. Off season was another sport. Yeah, which, which I think there's some merits to that, right? But yeah. I've been doing the the Boyd Epley off-season workout program since eighth grade, right? yeah, like yeah. Nebraska <laughs> off-season program workout, exactly. Board. So, uh, um, so that kind of gave me some space and time to learn about the other things mm. that the other guys from other regions had learned, right? Mm. So, yeah, I, I, again, I'm a I'm a byproduct of kind of this herd mentality I've always had.
2: So, what, so what was that like? Balancing going to the Naval Academy. Having Division One football commitment, mm-hmm. it's a job. Yeah, and I was see going in. It's a job as a officer in the military. Sure. Uh, what was that like for you? Well, you
0: know, you, I mean, listen, I was carrying twenty one hours,
2: and I played varsity as a freshman. I was very fortunate. Um, so you were. You, so you came in no red shirt. You you were. Well, starting. I
0: did. I, I went to the Naval Academy Prep School, in okay. Newport, Rhode Island. it okay. which is kind of like our red shirt year, right? And. Um, so my freshman year at Annapolis when I was a plebe, I was able to play varsity, but you okay. know, you're carrying twenty one hours yeah. while you're playing varsity and, and but you I mean it's like it's not like you get to do a lot, so yeah. might as well study, right? I yeah. was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can study or I can have the force recon Marine who just got back from Desert Storm <laughs> yell at me again. Like perhaps that's the most terrifying thing I've ever had in my time. I will, <laughs> I will read this awesome. book, Sergeant Major. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Major, I just want you to know I'm reading this book, so don't, <laughs> don't yell at me today. So I was just surrounded by people I was kind of terrified by. right? And yeah. I was just like, yeah. you know, again, it's, it's chase, pace, and pull, man. If you're chasing the right people to the right places – there's a lot of distractions and diversions that just aren't going to be there. They're mm-hmm. not going to. And by the time those distractions and diversions kind of come around you, you have the discipline to offset them. Mm-hmm. But I've always been doing things that are too hard for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're doing things that are too hard for you, it just kind of cuts a lot of the, a lot of the chatter out, man. You don't, you don't, it's just, this is so hard. I don't time, I don't have time to see anything. I don't have time to be distracted and, and, uh, um, diverted by anything because it's taking all i can just to hang with these guys and to do that yeah i mean that's the great thing about being from the naval academy it's like no one asks your grade point average it just doesn't really happen right there's mm-hmm. yeah there's one guy asked my grade point average and i don't want to embarrass him but his initials are dave betrays
1: and uh, <laughs> i'm joking, I'm joking.
0: <laughs> he said what was your grade point average i said 2.085 he looked at me i said hey i'm an economics major minimum effort maximum return so like technically <laughs> everything about 2.0 is really inefficient right yeah <laughs>
2: He's not impressed <laughs> not impressed so I was up here one day and uh you had some guys in here um and there's some other police officers that you invited mm-hmm. and you were given a story about um when you arrived at practice and helping players up after they got hit oh yeah man. I like that can you can you share that with
0: uh yeah the other so, one? so my idea is like Hey, you help each other up, right? And, and 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 you can tell the condition. When I see groups of people, you can always kind of call them one of four things: there are gaggles, groups, teams, and tribes, right? Mm-hmm. What makes these things different is what yokes them together. So, a gaggle is yoked together by misery, like wrong choice, wrong place, wrong time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a group is yoked together by preference; we like the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. A team is united by purpose, but a purpose can be an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Tribes are united by conviction, and the difference between uh, purpose and conviction is: in uh, a tribe is your purpose, is a conviction when you're a tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, and you apply adversity, that purpose can quickly become an opinion, right? Yeah. So T. E. Lawrence once said, "An opinion could be argued with, but a conviction is best shot." Mm, yeah. And so once you start applying heat to everybody's purpose, you figure out who really means it. Yeah. And and so you know, my, my, my like whole that. my whole deal was like. You got to help each other up. And I said, hey, I'm going to hit Closest person to someone's <laughs> on the ground that doesn't help them up, Hello. like whoever I'm gonna tee off on you, and they didn't believe me, and I was like, well, like that Bruce kid's crazy, man. He's
2: hitting <laughs> everybody, right? So, and th- what year is it? Is this your first? This year? My freshman year. And, so and freshman was so like everyone. Yeah.
0: So, so we we kind of got famous for helping each other up. I mean, there's dudes that just lay on the ground until someone gets over there to them because they're like, Clinton, help me Clinton's, me Clinton's going to knock out a cheerleader. Whoever's closest, <laughs> so water up. boys right there, bam, bam hitting you just his hit ass. them right because you help each other up. <laughs> and and I do like, and it became cultural, and we just you. you now this did, is practice. Practice, right, practice games, games didn't matter day. to me. <laughs> like, like, if you were on the ground and someone wanted to help you up, I was sucks to be you. And, and my deal is like, Isn't that awesome? <laughs> but, but Galatians 6 9 says, Do not go really doing what is right and it's time of harvesting benefits. So, it's always right to help each other up, right? Yeah.
1: And then you just, like, your head's on a swivel. Even the, uh, even the enemy on the battlefield, man? You're no, no, only game. our team. Only our team. That's I'm going to say. They don't have yeah, the other yeah. team on. They're all like, <laughs> shit, no, man. No, if you're on our team and you're, you're still there. Yeah. 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 Nah. Bruce is just a big old teddy bear. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: But my whole deal is like, um, you know, you, 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 the other thing is when you're helping someone up, you can be honest with them. You're letting them know by a physical act, like "Hey, I want you with me." Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, "Hey, man, you're really slow." the that guy's guy so much faster, and you're like, oh, "I know." I was like, "All right, let's try <laughs> that guy's again." Way bigger, way that guy, stronger than you. <laughs> He's like, I've never seen you try, get that something, hard else. <laughs> yeah. try yeah. something else. Try something else. Guys would be like, leave me down here." Like, "Nah, Clint's gonna hit us." Like, you got to get up. <laughs> it's just this meathead, this maniacal meathead, right? But, but I, I knew. Here's what I knew. Like, I knew. I know that I'm not talented enough to do anything on my own. So I know I need the people around me. Well, that brings everybody together as a team.
1: Yeah, it, man. It, so I... It, it- if I get knocked down, you're going to yeah. be there to help me up, and vice yeah. versa. No, so, oh,
0: yeah. by the way, like I need y'all to like each other, because because trust moves faster. Yes. Like when you yeah. fight at the speed of trust, <laughs> and when you move at the speed of trust. So so tribes have speed, like adaptive. The way I say this, teams rode team. I don't hate the word team. The team for me, but it was an academic. It's a, it's an organizational right. And so you look at a roster. And you're like that's a team I'm about to play. And about middle to the end of the first quarter, like you know, if that's a tribe or not because mm-hmm. there's just something different
1: there. Well right? You see and, that. Well, you, you see, see that in, every in football game that you watch on TV, yeah, college, yeah. Uh, NFL. You the see way that. I say
0: it, I say it like teams row, tribes flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a fluidity to it, right? You and and this is what happens when you lose when you lose the self. Like if mm-hmm. the self is gone, you just move faster, right? Yeah. Um, and I just knew. I just one. I knew I needed that as an athlete. I knew I needed um, that. Uh, Sacrifice, the willingness to sacrifice for me and you knew I was going to do it for you and we needed that speed as a, as a Division One team that had to do other things I mean, I mean there wasn't any other school other than the other service academies that went through what we went through right? Mm-hmm. and so for me the way I've always kind of said it is um, you know it takes angles and allies and advantages to do anything that really matters right because I jokingly call myself the achieving average like I'm an achieving average <laughs> I'm not an average achiever it's a little bit of a play on words Dude, I like
1: that when I say I'm an
0: achieving average, what I mean by that is, if you were to <laughs> aggregate all my skills and abilities, you'd find me to be a like a high C or a low B, a two 0. yeah, just about <laughs> everything except for looks. I'm a good looking guy, man. It is uh, what you're it definitely is. maybe yeah. a
1: three three to quarter on that on a on maybe. a three point four scale. I mean, oh yeah, yeah you're yeah, right, right. My bad. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're Tom Selleck. Well, that's why I, I listen. We we're coming down here. I mean, and I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror as I was walking out of the house, mm-hmm. and it's and it stunned me. Yeah. And I turned and looked at my bride, and I said, "Hey, babe." I can turn it down, but I can't turn it off. And, <laughs> and she goes, just get out. She like, Just what y'all do. Yeah, that's exactly what she get did. Up. She's used to it. She's used to it. And like, yeah. if you work in a diamond mine, you're used to seeing diamonds. Oh, it's not that big of totally. a deal. That's what I tell my wife all the yeah, time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. All right, so. I feel your pain. Yeah, but, but, so. but for me, like, I've always been, and that's, you know, go back to Magnum PI. Like, one of the things that's funny about that show, if you go back and watch it, is, like, they kind of stumbled. To the success. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch any fight in Magnum PI, here's what happened mm-hmm. Rick's getting his tail kicked. Magnum's doing okay, taking some, <laughs> giving some. TC's clearing house. Mm-hmm. So, TC beats up all his people. <laughs> then he comes and he helps Magnum beat up the people that were kind of beating And then they bo- both go save Rick.
1: Right? <laughs> now, do you have a Ferrari? <laughs>
0: It's too low. The like Ferrari's too yeah, low. I can't get in and out of that. I hear you. And you put and you lift that thing, and it just doesn't look right anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it kind of sits kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I drove one one time, and the the valet had to help me out, and I accidentally pulled him. That's in embarrassing. <laughs> It was it was quite it was quite the, the snap The valet's on top of me. I'm like,
1: get off me, dude. People like, are oh, you know. we starting to talk, man. I yeah. you get off me. Yeah. So okay, so uh, help me here. You you went from Annapolis uh, to the NFL. I thought yeah. I thought once you graduated, no matter what you so had so you do did. Your, so you
0: have a service, yeah. and at the time the deal was make a team, go through your warfare specialty, and then we'll let you come out in two years, and you can go to an active reserve and. Uh, could be a recruiter, so that's that's what David Robinson did. As Roger Staubach went to Nam, Chad Hennings flew, you know, combat missions. Right? Now, did Trump just change that? He did, and then and then it just happened again. So we've got a kid that's going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Um uh This administration, Secretary of the Navy, let him go play. Malcolm Perry's playing at the Dolphins right now. So I mean, it's it, there's value in um, promoting the service academies and the service with that level of athleticism, oh, yeah. right? And and so. So for me, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the Ravens, and and I'd also been selected for the SEAL teams, which was a huge, huge honor. I mean, only Mm -hmm. sixteen of us were selected before you went to yeah. So I got commissioned, I got got picked up by the NSW community, and then and that was before the NFL thing happened. Mm -hmm. And then because that was in November, and then out of the football season over, played in the All Star game, got picked up, went to the Ravens, and for me, I mean, and, and the Navy was working with me. I just. I just wanted to get to the work, man. Like, I remember being at practice one day and, and seeing a guy get hurt. And football's a violent game. I'm not – there's nothing about that that bothered me. But but my deal was like, hey, I, I'd had some injuries, but I hadn't had so many injuries that it would have disqualified me from pursuing the SEAL teams. And I was just like, hey, man, I, I know I got here. I don't know how long I can stay here. I don't even know if I can be here through one season. But I, but I got here, and I don't know if I can do that. And I got to go where I don't know. So I remember I, I – um. Told you know, Ozzie Newsom was a GM and Marvin Lewis was a D coordinator at the time, and man, they were so cool. And, and Ray Lewis and the whole uh, locker room—it's—it was they there was really an unbelievable support from the Ravens. And and um, and then went through training, made it, came back out, and went to the Saints briefly in 1999, and had um, just kind of re- remembered everything I loved about football was really more mm-hmm. in the special more in the military and the special operations community. So like I love the intangibles, right? Like I love I love the brother and the camaraderie and the NFL has right. less of that. And it's not because the NFL's bad. It's just right. when you professionalize anything, there's, there's right. gonna be a, a product mm-hmm. of that. And you know, playing football at a service academy, it's I think the most pure football on the planet is a high school. Yeah. In high school you're playing with it's 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 you're playing with guys you've grown up with you know, right. and, and their dad's your dad and their family's your family right and and there's a passion there yep. and and what i enjoyed at the service academy was that same kind of passion was there i mean there's mm-hmm. guys that there's guys that were going to go serve for five years just to prove that they could play at the division one level i mean mm-hmm. they just they, they love the nation but their desire was was they wanted to serve but they more wanted to prove someone right, prove someone wrong, right? And yeah. So I was surrounded by that on a daily basis. My little brother played at Oklahoma State and mm-hmm. you know his, his college football experience was different than mine because the reason you go play there is different than why you go play at the Naval mm-hmm. Academy. So yeah. I'd always been surrounded by love for the game and mm-hmm. a passion for the game and our coaches, you know, Gary Patterson over at TCU, he coached us at Navy and, and Dick Bumpus and it's, it's amazing. Matt Wells up at Texas Tech, uh, Kenny Niamatololo who was in Navy there was there when I was there. You got this continuity in every coach I ran into in the NFL or in college, all of them I said, man, I want to, if I can punch a ticket and, and coach at a service academy, I want to. Because it's just pure, you know, Nick Saban coach there in the 80s. And yeah. I asked him that. And I said, what do you love about coaching the Naval Academy? He goes, one, I love the kids. And two, I love that I didn't have to worry about them outside of practice. Yes, yeah, pure. <laughs> well, also it's like, you know, there's guards. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's yeah, like, yeah <laughs> but I mean like guards. you guys are I mean, like you guys are, you know, at the service academies, you guys are held to a certain standard. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you don't meet that standard Gone. or withhold, Gone. then your ass is out. Yeah, man. It's yeah. the attrition starts right away, man. And again, and, yeah. and so it's so is prestigious. That's embarrassing as hell to go back home and go, yeah, dude, Bruce was in the uh Navy Academy, but, uh, man, he's back home. I wonder what his dumbass did mm, to get yeah. kicked out of there. Yeah,
0: man, yeah. I wasn't going to let that happen. I was going to yeah. do everything I could. It came close yeah. a couple times. Not because I didn't try it. It's just I'm I'm just not smart.
1: Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, 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 I took a uh, test. Yeah, took yeah, Mr. 2.0. With his, with his yeah. physics professor, and he rewrote, yeah. he rewrote the whole test. to just tries, like, Notre Dame's running back takes off at 26 degree angle, 23. You know, Clint Bruce meets him in the hole. And I, and I I failed that test too. And he's like, "Are you trying to feel? I'm like, "No, nah, I'm just good at it. Just just gifted. Clint tackle Clint tackle,
1: take guy <laughs> <that> down. <laughs> <laughs> I had no
0: front tooth, man. I was just a slobbering <laughs> maniac. Middle. I they called me. They said you're in the record books. I was like, Really? Most tackles are like no, I like your top five all time in tackles." You're the most personal fouls of anyone in naval academy football
1: history. I guess your own players for not picking yeah, people off. Like, like, yes,
0: I'm proud of them. Listen, we're a warfighting institution. Like you gotta, you gotta let them
2: know. Yeah, you, you gotta let them know, and they're like, that guy's gonna bite us. That's funny. All That's right, funny. right. And, uh, now I've read on your uh, clintbruce.com. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, you, your wife. You met in college. Yeah. So she was in the Naval Academy? Well? No, no. She was at the University of Arkansas. Oh, okay. And my sister was at the University of
0: Arkansas. Okay. So I flew from Navy to the University of Arkansas to see my sister because I wanted to meet her, her sorority sisters because uh, I wanted to make sure they were good people. Yeah, I care. Right. I care about my sister. See, that's a good I brother. Want, yeah. That's a good yeah. brother. I'm sacrificial. It's a good brother. I, I had no. other things to do than yeah. be at the University of but Arkansas. But I will do this yeah. for you this one time. Because I love yes. you and you're yep. my older sister. She's a good man. i I'm a giver. You know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, you are. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And uh, my bride was at the University of Arkansas. And um, I actually met her because my roommate at the Naval Academy uh, went to high school with her here in Dallas. Oh, okay. And so he wanted me to come over to his house before he went back one time. And I was like, I don't want to go to your private Christian school party. <laughs> I got three days left. My mom's like, you're going. I'm like, I'm not going. She's like, you're going because you'd have been kicked out of Naval Academy for, for Dean. I was like, it's a good point. I'll go. Probably, probably, I'll probably go. And so I went and they were playing Scrabble. And I was like, this sucks. Because uh, I can't spell. The, the door. Yeah, I Phonetically, these are all correct. <laughs> phonetically, this is right. Y'all are just narrow. That game right is out. hard. It's hard, man. I hear you. Yeah. It's hard, 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 and the, hard. The doorbell rang and I answered it and it was my bride. And um I didn't have my front tooth at the time I got hit by a drunk driver. And I accidentally left my front tooth back at Annapolis because you know, I, I didn't really care, right? And I knew you, I, I knew you, I you're gonna, so good looking anyway, Well, man. What's I that mean, I was trying to make it even for yeah. other people, right? That's, yeah. And um, I knew I was going to marry her because she, she was the first girl I felt self-conscious with about not having a front tooth. So oh, she wow. didn't know I was missing my front tooth, but she thought I had a speech impediment. Because <laughs> I was like, hi, my name Clint. How are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, he really? is from Arkansas. <laughs> I asked her on a
0: date the next night. I was trying to put a chicklet up in there. I'm like, "Well, that doesn't match. That's not gonna work." <laughs> a green chicklet. Is 24 years later, 26 years later, We've been married for 24 years. we were together for
1: that poor woman. That's awesome. That poor woman. She
0: is. She has some of the strongest eye rolling muscles you've ever met in your entire oh, life. And the, and the disparity between her and I, it's 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 significant. That's uh, great We were just up at Costco and I was unloading stuff and the guy put the bar down. I said, "What are you doing?" He goes you can't put your stuff with her stuff, and I'm like, no, we're together, and he hit me. There's no way. He's like, Ha-ha. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, like he was serious. That and man's that, got man. jokes. <laughs> I looked at my wife. I said, Babe. She goes, I don't know how much like, you know. You know what? That's not funny because that's how Clint gets hooked up face down on Costco parking lot. Because you decided you want to be funny right there. <laughs> not,
1: Kidnapping me. Kidnapping me. Not,
0: oh. It's not a good deal, man. Love and um, yeah, be we've been. A, together a long time and she's part of it man she's she's part of the whole hey i got you right and i remember i remember when i came home i told her uh-huh. um i wanted to leave the nfl uh-huh. uh, the seal teams right and her dad was a scout for the cowboys her dad was amazing her dad told me pretty quickly i wasn't gonna make it he was like you're not gonna make it in the nfl <laughs> well he fell asleep and i Or asked, with her well he fell asleep and i asked if i could marry her so i didn't know I'm sorry. If, i did not know how to take that he fell asleep yeah i fell asleep <laughs> And then the next day, he said, meet me at Campisi's." So I'm like, he's going to kill me. People die at all the Yeah. He drove a Lincoln tire, Town Car with Pirelli Racing tires on it. She's Armenian. He looked like a mean Casey Kasem. Oh,
1: <laughs> mean Casey.
0: And I, I, went, I went and I met him. I walk in there like he's in the red room. I'm like, of course he is. Of course he's in the red room. Right oh, man. I was looking for the shower curtain on the ground. <laughs> and uh, he slides this piece of paper across the table. And I was like, what's that? He goes, it's your scouting report. He goes, you're the third worst linebacker in the draft the third worst third worst She goes there's a tight end at Stanford that's never played linebacker that's better than you (laughs) (laughs) and I was like well I don't want to play for you I want to marry your daughter he's like you can marry her but I'm not drafting like if you draft me I wouldn't play for you can I make it? I was like, yeah, it was like a super awkward lunch from God, yeah, yeah, he's he's a piece of work, man.
1: That's awesome, yeah. So he's like, You're probably not gonna make it. I was like, All right, did you guys at least grow together as a family? The oh, well, I loved him, okay. I mean, I loved him, he was great.
0: But I remember, I remember I left the Ravens, I came, I came oh. home and I um, I told her, I said, Babe, I, I, I can't do this, like, I want to go, and she's like, She's like, I've been waiting for you to say it. She just mm-hmm. kind of knew, right? She's like, my dad already told me. <laughs> yeah, you she's sung. like, Dad said you're probably gonna get cut. <laughs> and, uh, and but she was bad. She was just like, hey, I, that's the harder thing, right? And we just kind of have this thing. You do the harder thing. If you do the harder thing, it's I kind of have this. You got to run at the hard things, right? Because sometimes hard things flinch, and they're, and they're and they're never really as hard as you think they are. But yeah. you got to run at them, like if. It may be just as hard as you thought it was, but you you at least dictate the terms of your conflict when you run out of them. You man. need a yeah. coffee table
1: book. Yeah. of oh, just short oh, sayings? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you do. That thing would sell.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. With pictures of myself.
1: Uh, well, not so much that, but maybe just your sayings. I think it'd make people feel better about themselves. Like, this guy did that. Yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Good point. It's like one part Shrek, one, sh- one part Jean-Claude Dobbins' best friend from Bloodsport. <laughs> You miss, you miss I Shrek. I could totally see that. You miss Shrek and the... It's the beard, Tom. It's, it's the beard, weird. brother. What's a <laughs> Denmark? <laughs> What's a, <laughs> right? That's it. 100%. <laughs> That's it. That's my spirit animal. The, hey, the younger,
1: the younger guys listening are like, what the hell are oh, they talking yeah. about?
0: Uh-huh. Do yourself a flavor, <laughs> favor, Bloodsport, man. Bloodsport. Yeah, first awesome. one. Nothing after that. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: you know the younger guys are Googling... Magnum P.I., there's another Magnum hey P.I. before set, this. You what the set hell? yourself free and watch sure. the Magnum Yeah, they're That's going, old the school. Hell, That's awesome. Man. It's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. is. Absolutely awesome, man. What, what, awesome, man. What, what, child what child of the 80s never watched Magnum P.I.? Magnum P.I.,
0: Simon & Simon, Fall
1: guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. Oh, man. Come on, the list just goes on and on. Fall Guy was, was one of my favorites. Air A-Team, yeah. Air Manimal. Uh-huh Yep, A team was my jam though. Dude, does anyone <laughs> else remember Manimal?
2: I, yeah,
0: Manimal was uh-huh. amazing. Yeah, part man, part animal. Yeah, yeah. he was like a surgeon that would turn yeah. into a a panther. The original Hulk, the original Hulk, Lou Frig- Frigno. Lou Frigno. Yep.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it's the greatest era of TV. Dude, man. and he's and dude. He is super pro police. Yeah, he is. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've seen him at Shot Show for several times.
1: Yeah, he's um, one of those. Dudes, he tells you to stop. You're just like, okay, yeah, because mm-hmm. he's he's still huge. Yeah, he's still he's a giant. He's like yeah. six five. Yeah, he's he's big for a bodybuilder. Yeah, all right. So you made it. You made it um, to the seals, mm-hmm. okay? I gotta ask because big guy to big guy, yeah. How big were you when you made it? Man, buds? I never got below
0: 240, 235, thirty five, two forty. Oh, dude, that's buds. gotta be,
1: that's gotta hurt.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, that's well, hurt. It, it's listen, buds is built to break yeah. you, so it doesn't really matter what you're good at. It's gonna it's gonna bust you up on what you're not good at, and, and a percentage of buds is athleticism, you know, log PT and the O course, and I mean there's some there's some athlete skills that export right into buds right mm-hmm. uh like i said log pt some of the down man carries i mean stuff like that i mean i was kind of built for that stuff yeah but yeah, then there's
1: but, a, just a lot of running you know i, you know, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that because when i first started like on swat you know god 13 14 years ago whatever it was i mean i you know i came in about i had to lose weight to get down to 270 because all the runningness up there lose like, weight to yeah to yeah dude i'm not gonna lie um but I mean, yeah, like yeah, all that running and shit. Now, years after, yeah. still, you know, still down to about two sixty five right yeah. now. My joints, my knees, my hundred percent. And I played college football, and yeah. you know, and I never had really any any super big injuries. Did and, you grow up squatting? I did. See, that's I, did. I tell you, like one
0: of the reasons I didn't have injuries is I grew up squatting and I grew up deadlifting mm-hmm. and I grew and I had this amazing coach. I had a coach, Charlie so, Cantrell, South Garland. And he was German, and he played. Offensive line at uh Washington Redskins. I had and Coach so I, Cantrell. He was amazing. He was one and of my so coaches. Charlie Cantrell, yep. and he was an amazing history teacher. Yep. And you want to talk about being technically proficient? Like I was taught perfect mm-hmm. form mm-hmm. squatting and deadlifting, and I could show you film after film of me getting hit on the knee. And the only reason I made it is because that you know the VMO and the knee stability and some of the stuff. I just I just been again. It's all these things, good fortune
1: things that I. We well, had yeah, strength coach said, "Hey, you want know, to." Who the real athletes are mm-hmm. look at their legs that's right yeah real athletes. i was big like one. i want to be a real athlete oh yeah <laughs> i will squat. i'll do whatever you say i learned yeah. i
0: learned pretty quickly so i won't you know the o course mm-hmm. all that other stuff that athleticism stuff because i just left the Ravens. so there was no i didn't train i just kind of sh- grabbed my bride drove cross country and showed up and then uh, i remember the first conditioning run i was the instructors yelling at me that are like mr bruce instant bruce it is technically a safety violation. We are so far behind the other class, the rest of your class. Like we're, you're, we're looking like a mile and a half behind everybody. If one of those gets hurt, we can't get to him in time. We you are forcing a safety violation on all of us. And I was just like, Ugh. so here's here's what I figured out. Here's the secret to big. Anybody's listening to who's a bigger guy. Here's the secret to big person running. Ready? Lean forward until you're about to fall over. Then don't. <laughs> for however far you gotta go it's like a controlled fall (laughs) lean forward and just keep your face from skidding on the pavement you don't look cool but you'll make the time how long
1: (laughs) how long his Bud's, if you make all the so way through. So it was six months, and right I was
0: fortunate, man. I was one and done all the way through, okay. right? And so that's
1: just, I mean, just that grind yeah. on your body at that weight.
0: Well, listen, man. you're running six miles a day just for chow, which I'm <laughs> I'm down with. I'm good with that. Just um, for it's chow. It's just like eight miles. You're like, Shit. hey, after breakfast, you got to run eight miles, right? And It's more of a shuffle, really, when you go. But we started with, like, I think two hundred more than 250 guys, and 12 of us made it straight through, all the way through. Wow. We graduated with, I think, 21, 22, wow. but 12 of us were originals. And, it, and what was amazing, and, and People who should be encouraged by this is the physical diversity among this 12 was stunning. Mm-hmm. You had guys that look like triathletes. you legit guys that look like me. Like three of the guys that made it through my class, we were division one football players. Two of three, all three of us have played together. Mm-hmm. You know um, mm-hmm. and, but you had these different physicalities and you need these different demeanors and these different um, uh, backgrounds, right? And that's why, I kind of going back to the map analogy, I tell guys, like, hey man. It's all about the high ground. You find the high ground on the map you're on by finding people who've been there and want to go back. And then you just follow them, right? And so mm-hmm. we all had this thing in common and that we we didn't overcomplicate it. We knew what we wanted. We knew why we were there, so it didn't matter what we had to do that day. So we were, we were there to become Navy SEALs, so it didn't matter what we had to do that yeah. day. And if you don't have this, like, transcendent why, then the what's going to take you down. Because the what's are the one mores. Like, one more minute, one more mile, one more and if it can't, if it doesn't reconcile itself against the bigger why, then the, the the what's the what's are ankle biters, man. <laughs> yeah. So for us, it's like, you know, hey, you're going to run 14 miles a day. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's like, you know, I don't like marathons. And the reason I don't like marathons is because I'm a historian. And the reason I don't like marathons is because the Battle of Marathon, Greeks won. But if he's ran 26.2 miles, went to the king, he goes, we won, we won. You know what he did then? He died. And I don't think we need him all that kind of behavior. I think it's yeah. get a horse, ride a bike, take a hoverboard ride. <laughs> 14 miles? All right, man. That's just what I have to do because I know I'm here. You know, you're swim eight miles. Where? In the ocean. Why? There's sharks in the ocean. <laughs> Well, if you're a shark, who do you eat? Yeah. Me or the guy who likes running marathons? The big slow guy. <laughs> you eat that guy. You, the, you, the shark eats a marathon runner. It's like feeding a bear lettuce. You're like, <laughs> you didn't fill him up. Probably just made him super angry. You eat me, that shark's going to be like, I'm good. Yeah, you look tasty. Hibernate. Eat that bearded guy, right? But it's just what you have to do because you know why you're there, right? And So that's kind of one of the other, I think one of the things is, 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 is I've really been fortunate and I was taught this is, you know, why you're doing something, you're not surprised by any of the words. Mm-hmm. And the surprise is what gets people right. Mm-hmm. And when you know why you're doing something, then the what's, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know, didn't see that coming, but I know why I'm here, right? Yeah. Well, I think If you're doing anything
1: hard, you're going to have surprises. I think everything yeah. that you went through growing up in the Naval Academy sure. and, and the NFL stuff, I mean, that's not easy at all. And but I was just, used to hard, just, and that yeah, was That, that was prepared you for...
0: I tell people all the time, my bucks. gift is not being gifted. Listen, I was a fifth-string fullback in eighth grade at Brandenburg Middle School. Ooh, there were three other fullbacks. So you do the math on that one. They were skipping a whole position
1: on <laughs> It's <laughs> so, like the <a> water boy, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that big cheerleader, yeah, they're like, hey, you know, and uh, and
0: my old deal is like, I had to figure out why I love the game before the game was good. So, yeah. and, and I do think that really I was I was fortunate in that because I, I I never played the game to be famous. I played the game because I loved my teammates and I want to be a part of something. And what ended up happening is I ended up playing scout team, and scout team doesn't rotate. And so I played every position on the field, yeah. didn't rotate and and as a byproduct, what was happening and I didn't know it at the time was I was amassing this institutional knowledge, knowledge. of the game. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. all of a sudden I didn't start a game until halfway through my junior season in high school. yeah, oh, wow. South Garden versus JJ Pierce. One guy got hurt. We were up by twenty eight. My position coach wouldn't make eye contact with the head coach when he put me in because he thought I was gonna get in trouble. This is how bad it is. My it's on camera. My dad was my dad was there and he was filming. And everyone goes Richard Clinton, Clinton, and on camera, my dad goes, Clint's not in. Clint's never in." I come here and I film y'all's kids. And y'all do this to me every time. And all of a sudden, you just see this sack made by Clint Bruce, and that was it. I was just like, "Oh, I can do this." But it was, oh, but it was wow. like, it was just this, um, this, this knowledge that accrued from playing offense and defense on special games, and all of a sudden, my physicality caught up. You know, the experience that accrued as, as a, as a, as a as a contributor, right? Yeah. And so for me, be grateful. for My daughter's going through this right now. It's like, hey, be grateful for the time where you're just getting to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Because one, what happened is my passion for the game was intact Mm -hmm. all the way through my college career. And and when you're – I was never the star, right? And the burden of being a star is heavy. And all of a sudden, you're a freshman in college, and it's about to be the hardest, and you're already tired of the sport, right? So, you know, the game – I've always believed you gotta be around you gotta do things that tell you the truth. And you get around be around people that'll tell you the truth. Cause the world will tell a talented person anything they want to hear. Mm-hmm. But you know, the truth, you know, that's why I love the weight room, man. The weight's still the truth, man. You yeah, can, they you can lift it or you can't. And yeah. it's and it's you can you can't talk that weight off the ground, right? Yeah. And when you surround yourself with people that are gonna tell you the truth, you you're 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 just gonna
2: do you're going to develop yourself better. Well, I think that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. Of, of picking guys up, you can pick them when you're picking them up. They know that you care about them. Yeah, and so when you're talk, talking, that ugly truth to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying resonates. it. I'm yeah. saying it. Hey,
0: I, we're going to do this again, man. I yeah. love you. Just don't yeah. get burnt like that again, yeah. right? Yeah. And I got helped up a lot. They're like, Clint, did you miss the miss that? Did you mean to miss that tackle? Like, no, nah, man. I was, yeah. I remember. I remember one of the hardest since I ever had. I was a freshman, and Tiki Barber was at, um Virginia. And I shelled him, man. It was a huge hit. And uh, he was such a student of the game. I don't know if he remembers. He came up to me after this game. And I was so impressed by just his humility and his, and his desire to be good. And he's like, hey, he goes, how'd you hit me that hard? And I was like, man, he's nice. I got to tell him the truth. <laughs> he goes, I said, how many moves did you throw on that one? He's like, uh, three. I'm like, yeah, I was still on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, oh, he's walk. gone. oh he's it's, coming back right <laughs> just walk <laughs> you just stayed that first one or that so you've been fine but he's, I just came back you're right there I was like oh he's coming right back Look at that yeah and I was so slow I was still on my stance right yeah so um yeah putting yourself in hard positions and surrounding yourself with people who have done it before or willing to work as hard as you are to do it it's just always going to work out mm-hmm. yeah and you'll have amazing stories because of it right and and I saw this I saw this in the NFL and I saw this in in in, in training. There's a there's an inflection point where talent does you a disservice because talent kicks the can of adversity down the road far enough that when you finally experience that breaking, um, you don't have the margin of error that you did when you were younger, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is all of a sudden you you had the hardest day in your life and you're 24 and you're at buds, and there's no time to process that like you're done if you have the hardest Tuesday of your life when you're 24, like that was the hardest. I was like every third Tuesday is the hardest Tuesday of my life. Right. <laughs> so, and, and there's some, there's some physiology to that. Like there's some, yeah. there's some, the, the, one of the things I noticed, and this isn't a study. I, I can't represent this as a body of work. In my experience, I've noticed that the most talented guys I know that didn't make it through training. When they talk about when they quit, when they rung the bell, they talk about it as this outer body, third, Party experience, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like the inverse of flow. Like they're watching themselves quit, and they can't stop themselves. And and it's kind of one of these things. Like you know, you talk about being in the zone. We grew up calling it the zone, We mm-hmm. called the flow state. It's all mental. You know? So it's a third party. So. The way this is described a lot of times in the high performance cycles is called stir, stir, stir selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness, and richness. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the, the the qualities of being in that flow state when you're operating, right? So selflessness is this almost a third-party observational where you're watching. You're almost like watching yourself do it. You're like, man, I'm on automatic, right? Mm-hmm. Timelessness is time dilation. You're able to make what feels faster than them feel slow to you. Effortlessness is the total economy with which you're doing this thing, and richness is the level of detail mm-hmm. that you're absorbing at the time. Right, and what I notice is the, the most supremely talented guys, who in many cases, through no fault of their own, had never been exposed to that level of difficulty. The body and the brain, uh, uh, two thirds of performance is the body and the brain. It's a machine, right? Mm-hmm. And so that like two thirds of our car is a machine. The driver is one third of it, but it's a pretty important part of it. Yeah. The body and the brain are going to survive. Yeah. And when you get pushed past that limit, then you know. So it's interesting for me. So my gift was not being gifted. Like I've 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 always known it was going to be hard. I, I never thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. And so I've walked into
2: things knowing that. <clears throat> yeah. And you I re- think I read a quote the other day and I loved it and I, I wrote it down. And adversity introduces us to ourselves. Yeah. And and I thought, man, that that's so true. And I think. Kind of what you were we were, were talking about is guys that have it easy. They don't understand that adversity. Yeah, and because everything just comes easy to them, and when that adversity comes, I've seen it. in, in swats Trump outs. Yep. I've seen it and in, in things. I'm like, man, you look the part, but
0: and sometimes I don't, I don't think that's even a character issue. I think it's an exposure issue. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Yeah, because a lot of those guys that are super talented and they and they and they broke and they and they quit. If You're an enlisted guy, a lot of times you get to come back when they come back, they smoke it, yeah. And they do it the way you thought they were going to do it the first time. Mm-hmm. It's that final piece of the puzzle, yeah. And I need something more than me, and I need something more mm-hmm. than my gifts, yeah, kind of is in place, right? Yeah. And, and I said this earlier, like, I think you need angles and allies and advantages to do anything great, and so I've just never started without those things. Mm-hmm. So, angles are peak efficiencies, it's like smarter. Faster, better. Like, I made a lot of tackles because I took good angles because right. I knew the guy was faster than me, so I knew I had to take good angles, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't have to look past nature to see this. You know, you. I, I love studying apex predators, and what apex predators do, like a lion looks lazy till it's coming at you, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's <laughs> what I that was built for, right? <laughs> Great white sharks just kind of lollygagging through the ocean till yeah. it's hurtling upwards at 35 miles per hour, and, you know, it's like, oh, so apex predators are built for the burst, and so mm-hmm. in order... So an apex predator knows two things. It has to burst, and it never knows when. So it's constantly optimizing. It's constantly, you know, as y'all have done, you know, CQB and movement, what's happened is we've gotten smoother as we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. So slow is smooth, smooth is fast, right? And so angles are always finding that percent efficiency, like pursuing that 1% efficiency. Allies is making sure you're surrounded by people who mean what they say as much as you mean what you say, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then advantages are they're real, and there's no reason to diminish the significance of talent and treasure because talent and treasure are real. It's just one third of the equation. Mm-hmm. So we beat a lot of people in the service academy because we know we have perfect angles, and we know we need each other, right? And if all you have is talent and treasure, but I if all you have is one third, but I got angles and hours, I'm probably going to win that, right? Especially if it goes long. The whole deal well, is like if we can keep it competitive, and and we go into the second half and it's even, yeah we're, we're going to win. But also you guys are playing as a tribe. hundred percent. As you would yeah, say. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we've always done that. Right. Yeah. And so that, or I, when we've been successful, we've done that. Right? right. And that's just something I've always tried to, like, I know I need other people around me. So, and, and, and here's the thing about adversity. Adversity is really powerful and adversity. What adversity does is it affirms talent that you thought you had. Yeah. It proves something true. Adversity reveals talent that you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. Right. Then adversity blows up the talent that you thought you had, but it shows you who else had it. Yeah. So, so one, hey, I I thought I could do this, and I can. Two, I didn't know I could do that, and I can. Three, I thought I could do this, but I can't. But he can. Right. When you pay attention, yeah. And you're constantly iterating yourself forward. You're gonna find yourself bursting at the right time with the right people at the right speed. And, yeah. And um,
2: Cause I look back in some of my most cherished moments with. Groups of individuals, or family, or people that are close to me, or me personally, and it are it is those times of adversity that sure. it was successful. Well, that's when you find out who's want mm-hmm. to put their words
0: to work, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about training camp. I, I'll go talk to the NFL teams this year, and I tell them, I was like, man, I love training camp, and the reason I love training camp is because it's a it's a it's it's a, it's a suffer fest." Mm-hmm. And I'm about to find out who means what. And at the NFL, you're not really, listen, you know how to play football. Mm-hmm. In, in August, there's no one learning football. in You may be learning a playbook, yeah. but you're not learning football yeah. in August. What you're learning is who's want to suffer, mm-hmm. who's want to go 26 weeks, yeah, endure it all, and raise a trophy, right? So yeah. for me, that's what I love about hard stuff, is you mm-hmm.
2: get to figure out who means it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, exactly. But, <laughs> and, and I think now I'm older in my career, I still like to do the hard adversity stuff because it, it it grounds me back to you have to. Why am I doing this? And and the day I don't want to do it, that's when I'm like, yeah, I need to hang this. Yeah, up. but it I, it it hurts
0: more. Boy, more. It does oh, it does hurt more. But there's a satisfaction it to more. it. There's yeah. there's a satisfaction to it now. Like there is. Like I'll do stuff now, just see that I still can. Yes. and I'm like, hey, can yeah. I still? And there's things I can do now that I that the twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven year old Clint couldn't do. Yeah, be, be, because forty seven year old Clint knows the tricks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I tell everybody, it's like I I beat I, I would fight the twenty six year old Clint. Yeah, I might I might lose because mm. he was an apex predator, right? Yeah, but but if I can make it last longer, yeah, I'm going to win, right? Because mm. you know, so it, 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 so for me, the the virtue of years allows you to do everything better. So I'm I'm constantly in that kind of angles. I'm I'm constantly I'm ruthlessly I try to ruthlessly inventory those maps, ball field, battlefield, borderman, breakfast table through the lens of angles, allies, and advantages. Mm. So I'll look at the ball field, like mental and physical performance, like, hey, um, you know, am I, am I taking good angles? Am I using technology the right way? Am, am I am I, am I, training? Am I doing it? Uh, that's one of the reasons we built this place the way we built this place is so we can iterate ourselves. So I can, you know, um, there's longer periods of time before you have to do something than when you're in an operational cycle so I can maintenance those skills down here, right? Mm-hmm and And every guy here that works here is good, so I gotta work hard to be as good right yeah. and then the advantages you know so that's just kind of the i mean and I watch the thing is like i there's nothing new here what I've done is I've distilled what I've learned from others mm-hmm. right into a in, a in a something of a manual that works for me, yeah,
2: so that's so let's that's talk so, about, simple. Yeah. so simple so let's so talk about remember. this place that we're at first of all we thank you for opening this Dude, i love it man i love that for there. our podcast now this is our yeah. kind of our, our new home for our, our podcast and we appreciate yeah. that so what else is this uh building offer
0: so the whole you're building is what we call the high ground man because like for me when you're on the high ground you have perspective and you're surrounded by like-minded people like there's only a certain kind of person that's at you know seventeen thousand feet at a base camp right and so, you, 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 so for me, the high ground is, is where I've always felt most comfortable in, in what I've always tried to go through. So this whole building, I, I want to win the war on veteran and athlete suicide with the power of daily wins and a good day's work. And one of the ways I know how to do that is with that daily wins and a good day's work. Mm-hmm. And daily wins are adding value to the kind of people I want to be around and learn from as I move from one map to the other. Mm-hmm. And a good day's work is being provided for by providing value to the kind of person I want to be around and learn from as I go from one map to another. Yeah. So over the high ground, you have veteran and athlete-led companies that are providing value to the kind of leaders I want to be around and learn from here on the boardroom right now. So down here, we have the studio. One of the things Ross and I tell people all the time is like, you own your scars, your scars own you. Yeah, And you know you own them if you can talk about them. Yeah. If you don't talk about them, they own you. If you can talk about them, you own them. Mm. Across the hall, we have an athletic trainer because pain makes you a bad version of yourself. And mm-hmm. just like you're saying, like I hurt myself more now than I think I ever. Yeah, have. I <laughs> right. Too. So I just yeah. make it a stumbling effort. Getting getting treatment is just yeah. going downstairs and having Hector work on me. Then upstairs is where we have some of the offices for you know, veteran and athlete led startups. And um, uh, and then the Ready Lab, which is really where a lot of you guys come and train. Like the Ready Lab is is just hey, that battlefield and ball. Right? I want you to come to the Ready Lab and learn how to protect, perform, compete, and recover. Right. And and it's laid out that way. So over here in the in the house and the 360 you know we're simulations, mm-hmm. um utms and the, this is the i don't have an issue with going to a range but a range is marksmanship um unless you can immerse yourself in the problem that you're thinking about it's marksmanship training is immersing yourself in that hyper Realistic environment where you're actually iterating yourself, skill set towards the skill set. So, like in the parking lot, working from the vehicles to vehicles, moving house to house, and the fundamentals are the fundamentals. Like you can get really ready for football in a twenty by twenty room, right? And because on a field, it's just the fundamentals faster, right? And and so with a shoot house here, it's not modular in the sense that, but it's routable. So we can we can route it where you're working on. You know, center-fed, left-fed, right-fed, dominant skills, movement, bounding, all these other things. The 360, you know, it's a really dynamic environment where we can wow. manipulate the you know, ambient light, temperature, volume, all these other things. And, mm-hmm. again, it's I, – I call it – it's all – for me, it's always been about – I want to create deliberate deja vu. Mm-hmm. I've always been intentional about creating deliberate deja vu. Like, yeah, the way I saw it is if I saw something – Guys would be like, man, how would you see that play coming? They're like, man, I have played you a hundred times. Like, I it's like, not it's, the same. This is never the first. But it's time. close. Yeah. And, and once well, you the see body that, and the brain don't care. Like, and once like, you see thing. that,
1: yeah, you, you can react to it a lot faster and easier than you can if you understand it before. It's
0: a brain hack. Yeah. Yeah. So the amygdala can't, the amygdala can't differentiate between real and not real. So like, if you didn't have a prefrontal cortex and part of the brain that adds context, every time you watch a horror movie, the, the the, the lizard brain like oh, he's chasing us with a chainsaw. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of our brain is like, Nope, we're in a movie. Right. Yeah. And so it, it taking advantage of that. And that's why we call it the ready labs. We just go, Hey, what do you want to get ready for? And let's do that. Yeah. And so the fundamentals of readiness, I think are foundational to anybody. The difference between a soccer mom and a SWAT team leader is intensity, complexity of the problem, yeah. but presenting the weapons the same. And, and the reality is if you never wanted to carry a gun, but you want to, uh, you know, Take pepper spray. Well, a meaningful percentage of that movement is the same as if you're carrying a pistol. Here, just carrying yeah. a spray, right? So, for me, the way I describe the Ready Lab is it's like a, it's a, it's a movie studio where we recreate the scenes that people are worried about, and we show them how to be heroic in their own way. Right. And for law enforcement, for me, it's just a um, what law enforcement is asked to do and how it is resourced um, is. Eight, exponentially different, right? Mm-hmm. And so the way we use this for all is we just turn it over. You know, we like, it, it, it fires me up so much. I get so excited. I hate coming here and no one's doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I come here and I see first responders in there training and getting better. Um, man, it fills my cup and it yeah. feeds my soul, right, when I see people getting better. And, you know, Mike Smith was a friend of mine, mm-hmm. you know, lost him, and, 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 our desire is to never let logistics and economics be a reason someone can't get good training. Right. And whether it's y'all coming and training yourselves, which happens a lot or, mm-hmm. um, you know, officers coming and train on their own. And the other thing for me is, you know, our interns, we have a stack of interns that want to go and serve mm-hmm. in some capacity. And the greatest thing we can do is put them in an environment where it's not, it's re- like getting shot sucks. Mm-hmm. So getting the shoot house to be a bad guy. You yeah. yeah. The, Cause you know, what gets people is the surprise, and the more we can um, show people what life is really like, yeah. you know, the weariness, the, the the fatigue, the intensity, the exhaustion, then we're creating a more informed uh, applicant for right. special operations or or law enforcement yeah. or fire and rescue, right? So, the ready labs upstairs. Um, I'm upset right now because I have a rule that we don't have anything but 45 pound plates in there. And there's, there's more than 40. There's like a 25. There's a 35. Well, my what? deal is like go up by 90. Hey, go yeah. up by 90. They have got 10s and 5s. Uh, up there? I, I mean, I, just I around. Not. I, I don't know I about up
1: there. Yeah, that's up there. Someone's someone's going home. That's, that, that's bullshit. Nothing yeah. but 45s yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you're like bench pressing. I mean, you can throw some 25s on, right? No. On top of those 45s? No. Only 45s. So just like 225, yep. 315, yep. and we're just going from there. Yep fuck that's the it. joints let's just blow this <laughs> <thing. It's> 100% <laughs> nothing but 45 <45s. laughs> I'm gonna start my own gyms all
0: 45
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I remember, I remember just I, a gym full I, of meatheads I, I hit, <laughs> I, hit, I, hit I hit a
0: bunch of the weights oh, at, at my man. team one time and my skipper's like Clint's where the 25's I'm like Shh, go up by 90 sir and he just kind of looked at me. And he's like, you know, I'm your commanding officer. I was like, as I was saying that, there's a part of me that's like, don't say that, but, but I already said that.
2: <laughs> you want me to spot you? Don't be can a I, wuss, bro. Can I spot you, sir? <laughs> so if uh, guys are listening and they want to come up here and train, how would they go about doing that? Hey, go to uh, get
0: dash highground dot com. Okay, and hit that contact us page. Okay, and and, and reach out. All the right. other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to create and I'm, I'll try to do it pretty quickly. When you go to the get dash highground dot website, there's gonna be a uh a first responders tab where it's basically a okay. hey, come here and do this on your own, come here and do this with your group. Anything we can do to help It'll you them. let us know. Okay. And then and then the other thing too, man, um, you know, uh so friends and I started this really great organization called Carry the Load, which is run by an amazing guy, Stephen Holly now Debbie Wright. And our deal was to um one, do Memorial Day better. And then two to extend that branch of recognition to, to law enforcement, fire and rescue during the whole month of May. Right. So so go to little dot org and and if there's things going on that you need help with as a as a as an agency or as an officer, man, the resources are out there. Yep. It's because we need you to be good, man. And right. and um, that's one of the reasons I love having law enforcement up here in training. Like, because I scare easily, man. If I call nine one one, I want you to be good at it. Like as I'll probably yeah, be in right. a closet. I was like, oh, oh there's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't uh, think that's happening. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what the high ground is. And, and and our desire is to have these facilities in non-major metropolitan areas across the U.S. Like I always think about this. I want to I want to create an environment where the hometown hero can come home and rebuild their hometown. It's awesome. And go back to Garland and, 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 and bring to Garland with the battlefield and ball, ball field taught you yeah. and let that be your boardroom while you love and build a breakfast table that you're proud of, man.
1: When it's me, it's simple math. I mean, there's always going to be simple math. So has civilian okay. training picked up? Yeah, here yeah, with so everything going tra- on in the world,
0: never really ebbed. I mean, the, the desires go up. And what's really neat is, is uh, you know, one of the things we do up here, we have a we have a really fun event up here, and 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 I always have law enforcement come here and run a, a percentage of that so the civilians can really appreciate what the intensity is. So we had some narc guys up here, and and the narc guys are dropping these very successful executives into the environment that narc has to work into. Mm-hmm. Interesting, and it, and it was mind blowing for him. <laughs> it was like, like for me, like if TTPOA ever wants to do it, like, hey, here's what it's like to be us, mm-hmm. because the civilians want to know they they, yeah. want, they, they, they want to appreciate it. They're You're like, right; they, they do want to know, and 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 they
1: have no idea. No, they don't have yeah. no idea.
0: But it's not through it's no a, fault It's, of it's not own. through a desire of, to not one the accessibility of cultivating empathy and appreciation. It's not, you know, it's, 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 uh, uh, it's kind of like our version of Joe's versus pros. Yeah. Like once the Joe sees it, they're like, Holy smokes. Yeah. "Yeah, Every day. Like I look at what y'all do and I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. Like Mm -hmm. when I was deploying in the military, like it was very much like going into a game. Like you had a time to ascend into this particular state of person that the place makes you become. And then you unwind, you know, mm-hmm. months or if you're like Ross and these army got 15 months later. Like for me, I was, I never worked for less than three, four, you know, so multiple deployments, none of only one of them was six months. The rest of them were longer. And I, I, I never say that really for an army guys. Cause I was like, Oh, six months. That's cute. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, You're right. I'm sorry. Right? And, uh, but like you, you have the, you have the ability to ascend in this particular state. Right. Yeah. And then you descend out of it. As a, as a law enforcement, like you you become that on the drive in and then on the drive home before soccer practice, you got to. There's yeah. an amazing paper that I'd I, I challenge all of your guys to read. I'll send it to you. And it was written by an incredible mentor friend of mine named Preston Klein. And it's on this concept called residue. Mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is my freshman year in football, my coach, one of my coaches who wasn't, didn't stay there for very long. But he said, why don't you go to theater and stop wasting years of my time? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to theater because there's cute girls there. I'm (laughs) going to still play football. just make you mad, right? (laughs) So I went. I was in theater, right? And what was interesting in theater, I learned how to create a personality, ascend up into it, and Mm -hmm. descend out of it, right? Well, this paper, it's called Residue. It's on Residue. And and Dr. Klein had this conversation with Tom Hardy, amazing actor. Mm -hmm. And and he's a method actor. And in this conversation, uh, he started asking – Preston uh, about his uh, paper and, and, and Klein thought he was getting messed with. Right. And then he goes, Hey, how do you know these questions? He goes, well, I read your dissertation. And he's like, what do you mean you read my dissertation? And he's like, listen, I'm a method actor mm-hmm. and I ascend into a character for the purpose of that film. And I don't, if I don't figure out how to unwind out of that character, every character after that is going to be sick. So if I'm Bane, yeah, if I don't figure out how to methodically unwind out of that character, then there's going to be a percentage of pain. You it's and time. I were born into the darkness, right? Like, <laughs> you may have adopted it. And, uh, but it's a fascinating, <laughs> it's good. a fascinating, I, mean, I was grounded a lot. Yeah. I spent a lot of time. myself. Good. um, but it's, but I'm amazed that law enforcement professionals have found a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and come like, I just, I just, I envision myself at soccer practice after a hard day of work in a law enforcement professional. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Like I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm I marvel at it, and most of the really solid military veterans I know marvel at it as well. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll give it. I'll send it to you, and if I don't know if y'all embed links or something like that, but it's,
1: we can read it. It's fascinating. Yeah, we can. If you send it, we can. Uh, I can add
2: it to the uh, description or yeah. whatever. Awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: No, I, I, I like that, and that's something I'm learning. The older I get, I think there's more more people talking about this now yeah. than ever before. Uh, well, listen. Mental performance is a hack. It's an edge, man.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting for me is because it was always my edge. I just didn't know it. I yeah. didn't know how to articulate it. Right. I didn't know yeah. how to like the way I say "deliberate deja vu" right now. When I say "deliberate deja vu," you guys are like, oh, okay. When we we're growing up like that, it's it's. So I've crystallized twenty five years of brain science into this yeah. very deliberate deja vu because it makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Um. Not because it's profound or significant or anything. Uh-huh. It just makes sense and. And what's fascinating now is neck up performance is I'd give you another great example i was i was I was talking to my daughter about this and um it's one of the greatest movies of the 80s. If you haven't seen it, go rent it. Do yourself a favor and even buy it. It's called Over the Top. It's about Lincoln Hawk. Yeah. In one night, in one uh-huh. night, I, I know oh, y'all yeah. got it, but, but in driver. one in one night, yeah. Lincoln Hawk won, he got full custody of his kid back in a truck, and he won a world championship in arm wrestling. So, yeah. it was a pretty amazing night. <laughs> but there's this actually really amazing scene in it where they're interviewing all these arm wrestlers, and it's the one, everybody remembers it, where he goes, I don't know, you told I had a round. I just become it's, like a machine. like a truck. Like a yeah. truck. Yeah. This truck right here. <laughs> so that's a switch, right? It's a physical switch. It's a totem. It's it's like in the movie Inception. There's a totem, right? And then and then there's another movie called For Love of the Game. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's the scene where Kevin Costner goes, mm-hmm. to clear the mechanism, right? Yep. So you have a switch, you know, and then you have a signal. mm mm-hmm. And what high performers have been doing for thousands of years is understanding that the, the, the chassis, mm-hmm. the brain and the body can only take them so far. It's really the mind. Yeah. And adversity forces the mind to mature. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why adversity avoidance, I think is a plague yeah. that, that, that hits society. Um, and I think anything that represents to make any hard thing easier is just a form of poison. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think I've just been incredibly blessed to be around men and women who who always knew that yeah. or responded to adversity uh, like that. And my faith, man, my faith, you know, John thirty three. 90% that's right, but if I'm wrong, but John sixteen thirty three. 33, Jesus says like, hey, there's going to be trolls, but, right. don't, but don't worry, I've given you this, right? And so I've never not... Thought it was going to be hard, right? And I think that's maybe my gift is when it's hard, it doesn't surprise me.
1: And I think that's yeah, your average, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you're right. I, I mean, like, like I mean, and like, you have to work at everything, right? Yeah. And if everybody had that mindset, Listen, I'm not even good at touching my toes, man. I got to get my mind right well, to touch my toes. That's yeah. more
0: physical, more so now. That's than more physical average. than anything. Yeah. Like, do I got to like leg straight touch them? I, like <laughs> I can touch them like <laughs> right now. what like, yeah. yeah. I,
2: I think you're right. It's just realizing that. I mean, life is not easy, and yeah. life is going to suck, but it's enjoying that suck. It's embracing that it's, in, yeah. it, it's, it's not over playing that and going, Oh my gosh, this and that. And I think today in society, we've gotten so weak. Yeah. With, with, Adversity of what oh, doesn't go well. Avoidance, so, right? Yeah. Oh well, my kid didn't make this team, so uh, I'm going to move him to a different school district. Well, uh, I didn't or get it's this not because
1: your kid is a horrible athlete or yeah. whatever.
2: It's 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 Bruce's fault for not picking
1: your kid, yeah. or it's Ross's yeah. fault for not helping your kid out enough. Yeah, it, How about maybe your kid just isn't meant to be in the NFL or meant to be the you know, Navy. So but there's something, or whatever. Like I used to make guys
0: quit during Hell Week. I was like, if guys are thinking about quitting. I'd make them quit. And 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 my deal was like, listen. Um, it's not because I hate sometimes love doesn't feel like love. And there's something you would rather die than quit at. Mm -hmm. And this isn't it. So go find that. I want you you doing the thing that you can listen. The line between thinking about quitting and quitting
1: is that thing. Yes. And where you guys are at on that side of the house Mm -hmm. in the military special operations, you don't want a person that's ever thinking about quitting. Oh no. no. So there's two, there's two parts that I don't
0: want anybody to think who's thinking about quitting and i want that person doing a the thing they'd never they could not imagine quitting mm-hmm. like i want that fighter pilot in a downward inverted g you know dive you know about to grave like i want him i want him or her going this is what i was built to do Yeah. like like, like and if you're not supposed to be a seal but you're supposed to be a, a, a rotor wing pilot i mean Running piles are crazy. Mm. Like those dudes. Like I see them come in. I was like, i would never. Everybody yeah. has a job. Everybody yeah. has a job. Everybody has something that they're good at. And adversity, yeah. nurtures you towards that. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so I was like, man, you're 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 not finding out about yourself. It's a day of self discovery that you're not enjoying because you're denying
2: yourself the clarity that only adversity produces. Yeah. Well, I think I, when I talk with officers that have, have been involved, like officer involved shootings, mm-hmm. and always tell them one of the things is, hey. If you handle this properly and you're gonna find out that when you go back to work you're gonna be a better officer that 100%. was a that was a huge advantage that you went over because you tested your ability to perform so you went to the academy however long ago you went to this training went to this training Man, and 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 it paid off and 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 you won and and you're gonna be a better officer for that and 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 everyone I talked to. Always tells me, yeah, I had that, that. I am, I am, and and I love that because it, it does that. And there's other guys, it made him a worse officer because yeah. they didn't handle it right. And it, more times than not, it was because the mental, they didn't handle the mental scars. I tell brought you what, man, them. that's the other thing is injury. Like Adrian
0: Peterson is an amazing study. So. Had never really had an injury right mm-hmm. and then he gets an injury while he's at the Vikings and it's an it's a debilitating is it's, yeah. it's an injury yeah. that some people don't come back from yeah what happened when he came back he, he the, the 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 part of his mind that can only be tapped yeah through adversity mm-hmm. and in in like I said that like he hadn't reached that part of his mind through no he just had never been forced to go there, but he, yeah. during his injury, he went there and he came back with all of it. Yeah. So, so say he's performing; he was performing at sixty percent capacity because he'd never yeah. had to tap into those resources of the mind. Yeah. All of a sudden, he comes back at eighty mm-hmm. percent, and and he did, and that's what happens, right? And that's like you don't wish injury upon anybody, but the guys that can look at injury, and I'm 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 not talking about head injuries. I'm not, this is the yeah. neck down orthopedic yeah. injuries. Right. Um, Cause you look at a guy like Luke Keekley, who's a generational linebacker mm-hmm. package plus passion, plus intellect. Right. And the reason he retired was a, 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 a incre- I respect that yeah. incredibly. Right. Um, so neck down injuries, when guys become the best version of cells, sometimes only after that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's fascinating to me. I'm sure there's a study somewhere on the performance of post-injury pro athletes mm-hmm. and then going to go into the supply chain of how they return to the field, return to play and, and
2: watch, yeah, watch what they can do because they've got another tool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the whole adversity since we've been on movies and so much, that's why Rocky movies have been so powerful for me. Yeah. Like I use that with my family growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, Those are huge because it's all about adversity. It's all about. When he never fights Will till he's hurt. Yeah. It's the great one. Yeah. He's he's getting killed. He's getting getting angry. Yeah. He's getting angry. And then they redid those and with the the Apollo's one. And I'm like, man, those are even like, it's just amazing to me. Just the life lessons that that Rocky. So I'm always like, Rocky is just so big to me in in, in that whole theme of just adversity. (laughs) Let me tell you what. I've never heard anybody go, man, I learned my life lessons from. From Rocky. Yeah,
1: Magnum Magnum (laughs) P.I. Let me me tell you, I I am shocked right now. We actually actually have a show. Yeah, we're
0: dumb, that's why. I played football with a bunch of dudes who grew up in Philly. Yeah. And, you know, they... Rocky's real. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Rock, yeah. Rocky's, Rocky's real to me. Rocky's real, and he's the encapsulation of these uncles and these brothers. But bro. yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. And then all my buddies from Jersey, you know, like let I me—they're mean, like you know. All, I played ball my, with some dudes from Jersey. All my and buddies, they are all like, do them. they all act like they know Bon Jovi? Yes. Everybody I know Dude. from Jersey, is like oh, you mean John and Dorothea? I'm like yeah. you don't know. You can't say John <laughs> and Dorothea. Or family, they're family. they you family. Know bon- <laughs> oh yeah, John and Dorothea. I'm like this. You don't know them. It's like it's like us and. You you watch Chuck oh Chuck yeah I know Chuck Norris
1: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Norris. yeah hey, so you do a lot of public speaking yeah. how did you get into that like,
0: yeah, like it's not was, it's, it's
1: embarrassing what it's was not the not time you're story. like dude I can totally rock no, this. no
0: no here's the story it's it's another kind of force Gumpian kind of thing this looks this looks yeah well my listen my pheromones are they are what they are yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like I a, mean I
1: can yeah <laughs> I, I, no, I told
0: one a, a beard haired fell out the other day in a sycamore tree grew right there it's only sycamore tree in Texas it's right their own. On oak, on, that's why. And, uh, so I think they probably cut it down by right now, but um, took seven chainsaws. And used uh, uh, <laughs> so, by Chuck Norris. Used by Chuck Norris. <laughs> he kicked it. He kicked it to knock him all the way over. And um, so I got a phone call. You know, obviously, you know, Naval Academy produces unbelievable people. Um, I'm just incredibly proud of that institution. And I know how much I got away with one. Like I'm. You know, I'm, I'm the, Oh man, I'm the yeah. door man there. Right. Just my classmates, what they've gone to do. And, and, you know, some just amazing. Um, the men and women that I got to go with, but one of the more celebrated, uh, graduates is Roger Staubach. Hell yeah. And Roger's incredible. I've That's been waiting. I've been waiting for like thirty years for Roger to not be awesome. It's not happening. It's yeah. super. That's frustrating. like my childhood hero. Yeah, it'd be like Captain America is your next door neighbor. Yeah. Like, well, my yeah. lawn doesn't look that good. Like no matter what, I, yeah. like you're accidentally better than me at everything. It's yeah. really frustrating. Yeah, and um, but he called me, and this is like in 2010 or something. He goes, "You want to come to speak at the Cowboys and what your honorarium?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'll come to speak at Cowboys, but it's not an honor." He's like, "What?" I said, "You asked me about Speaker Cowboys wouldn't it be an honor." He's like, "That's not what I said." And I said, "What'd you say?" He goes, "What's your honorarium?" I'm like, "What's an honorarium?" <laughs> He's like, "It's a fee." I'm like, well, "People pay you to talk." Wait, wait, what? He's what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Who? You, how much did you get?" And he told me, "I was like, you're not even that good." And uh, so, <laughs> so he gave me the number. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I went and spoke, and and uh, and it was cool. What was cool is I was able to share. What I'd learned from others on the ball field, on the battlefield. And I didn't know that that was beginning to build a, a map on the boardroom at the time. Um, but then the NFL was there. They're like, hey, would you come to speak to other teams? And I'm like, yes, but my honorarium
1: <laughs> is quotes.
0: My honorarium Whoa. is. And I even threw out like a single digit number because I was still nervous. I was like, "What does that? What was that number mean to you?" Right? And um, <laughs> and then and then I, <laughs> I I went and spoke for other teams, and then the Falcons had me come back and speak to their corporate sponsors. And this went Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Coca-Cola, Arthur, yeah,
1: Arthur Blankenship, Blankenship, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So 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 then I just started speaking for companies and. What I love. Then I started kind of our own speakers bureau because my whole view is about margin retention, and it's not because I'm love money. It's because those are jobs, right? And so I wanted to create a speakers bureau that allowed me to create opportunities for veterans and their families as they transition. And the more we could create that, create that within the ecosystem of veterans, the more jobs we could create for veterans, right? Um, so yeah, I've been been blessed to do that, you know, since 2010. I've spoken to amazing companies and, and that's what's been really it's it's really i can look veterans in the eye and without flinching, without blinking i can say hey listen sacrificial servant leadership exists in the private sector i see it every day mm-hmm. i see ceos reducing or stopping their pay to keep people taken care of I mean, i see these these companies that are led by guys and gals that have never been on the battlefield but, mm-hmm. but they run their boardroom with the same sacrificial core values and leadership that I was exposed to in the military. And it's incredibly encouraging, right? just Being a leader, that's being good to Yeah, I mean, the leading is leading, right? And the high ground is the high ground. And that's why I tell guys sometimes, I said, listen, you don't, you miss the battlefield for sure. What you really miss is 15,000 feet. So all we got to do is build this boardroom map and find who's at 15,000 feet. And you just follow them like you did on the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been really neat to me to see
1: the quality and sincerity of leadership in the boardroom app as I've done this more and more. When you go do the uh, speaking about leadership and stuff, do they want like stories from the military? They want funny? Do they want, you know, like, I don't really, I mean, really like, tell how do you I, talk. I mean, I like, how have, do you talk? To I have,
0: I kind of write these presentations that are, um, I think kind of relevant to the executive experience and, 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 And what I try to do, I kind of look at myself as like a singer-songwriter. I'm a better songwriter than I'm a singer. But I write these presentations that I can't wait to hear other guys give. So, like, there's a sergeant major from CAG and I have this presentation called Pursuing a Lead. And his version of Pursuing a Lead is is amazing. And all I do is give this framework Mm -hmm. where guys can distribute their own experiences, right? Um, so for instance, when I talk about curiosity, I say curiosity is courage. It's intellectual courage. And so, so for me as a guy who's been extremely dependent on my teammates, I always look for the absence or presence of curiosity when I do anything, because if I see someone who's curious, I also know I'm in the room with someone who's courageous because curiosity and courage, courage, or their their, intellectual curiosity is the co-equal and precursor to physical courage. And I'm not diminishing physical courage when I say that Mm -hmm. I just acknowledging that you're brave because you had to be. With physical courage, intellectual curiosity. What, what elevates it to the train of courage is this, it's totally escapable. Like all you have to do is not raise your hand and no one's going to know that you didn't know. Mm. Well, that's the definition of courage, right? Because the reason I don't ask questions is I'm afraid to admit, I don't know. I'm afraid of the answer. I'm afraid of the work that comes with the answer. I'm afraid of everybody realizing I don't know. Well, that's the definition of courage. So when you see people who are curious, they're courageous and curiosity is a creator. It's a catalyst and it's complacency killer. So and I give that framework on curiosity, and I'm like, "Hey, Todd, can you give an example how how curiosity produced mission success, or the absence of it contributed to mission failure?" And man, it's like, which amazing story does he share, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's 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 been it's really neat to be able to do that. So for me, I don't tell a lot of stories. I didn't do very much. I tell people I did more than some and less than most. Um, And also, I I just don't know. Um, for me, it doesn't matter what I did. It's it's what can I pull from what I did that makes you better at what you're doing. Like That's that's what. Because I've got four women that just don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my youngest daughter wanted me to come to show and tell and spin a ball on my nose. <gasps> she's like that's what seals do i'm like no, no that's a circus seal. <laughs> completely different <laughs> totally different she's like well you can't spin a ball on your nose i'm like well no i, was yeah, like, navy I mean seal. i could try <laughs> like, well that night she went to bed i put her to bed and at night i'm spinning this ball on my nose my wife comes over to bible study what are you doing i'm like i got two days to figure out how to do this because <laughs> i want to be cool with my daughter right she doesn't the navy seal thing didn't go very well like she's uh, you know, she's more interested in the circus seal right that's awesome and um but yeah, man, that's 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 speaking for me is an opportunity. Here, here's one of the things I love. I don't like talking. There's no, I don't like listening to myself talk. Here's here's why I get excited about speaking, because everything I'm telling you, I learned from someone else, and sometimes the someone else isn't with me anymore. Mm. And when I share with you what I learned from them, it brings them life again, and it makes you miss them. And I need you to miss the guys that I miss, right? Mm. And so it's 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 a it's a form of tribute for, for me, and it's also. A, you know, the, the revenue that's generated from that allows me to create opportunities for veterans to come work here at the high ground. And the high ground is where you create relationships with what you already know how to do and figure out what else you can do. Yeah. And, and and the kind of people you want to do it with. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, my whole deal is I have an obligation to create this, like, apex predator watering hole. And I want to bring the best off the ball field and the battlefield and put around yeah. the best in the boardroom and watch when that kind of happens. This is amazing. You see a CEO come in and see this young veteran and they just go, man. That she's got so much potential. And you don't yeah. graduate from MIT ready to do anything. Yeah. You don't graduate from Warden. That CEO is still going to have to style flex you to, to yeah. that particular. So you come out of the military. You come out of forms of
1: service, and you're just good clay, man. Well, and I'm I was going to ask you, like, how's that transition for these guys coming out of the military to go into like civilians? You know, it's hard. It's it's hard. But all transition
0: is hard, right? And, and what it is is it's you're, you're going from a map that you know a map that you don't Unknown. know and that's always hard and so my deal is like man just build a map because i get asked this question all the time what's your favorite what's your favorite weapon and i go hold on are you asking me what my favorite weapon is or what my favorite gun is and they goes the same thing i'm like it's not the same thing at all a gun is a tool a weapon is what i use to win mm-hmm. like my favorite weapon is a map i got a map i got everything i know what guns work what guns won't know where you'll hide know where i'll show up right so for me that map is i was a great family member I love him and he's a like, man I really he's had a lot of success he's been really successful he's just a good good person he's like man Clint I want to I want to be married I was like, all right well what's your map he's like what do you mean I said like, well if you don't have a map you're not gonna I said like, so here's your map maps have borders here's your borders don't get married to a girl you meet at a bar after midnight on Friday night. Don't get married to a girl you meet at a bar drunk after midnight on Saturday night. Hope she's not a serial killer. Hope she loves Jesus.
2: So there's four <laughs> borders.
0: Married three years, dad in five. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's a map. Like, it could all be wrong. It could all be wrong. But you're not lost anymore. Now you got a map. He's like, what do you say again? I'm like, hope she's not a serial killer and hope she loves Jesus. That's north and south. East and west. You know. Long story short, don't meet a girl at a bar or marry her. No, I didn't say that I said after midnight hey, on Friday midnight. and Saturday night While you're drunk. drunk While you're drunk While you're drunk Yeah Cause that's not That's not even fair to her It's not even <laughs> There's dudes I know Who were the best versions Of themselves When they're drunk And I'm like Don't materially admit it Cause you're not that cool Like the coolest you've ever been Is on Beale Street After midnight I've known you for 20 years And she's gonna be disappointed When you show up And finds out You're just a big dumb meathead Right I love you, but I'm not carrying you anywhere either. She can't carry you. I always end up having to carrying you. It's a whole other issue. Whole other issue. <laughs> I like that. Oh. Yeah, I like that, man. I like
2: that a lot.
1: So, well, um, hey, you mentioned earlier, and I kind of want to just talk about this uh, before we get out of here. Carry the load, man. Yeah. How did you, like? How did you start all that? Like, I what didn't, was
2: the driving I,
0: I didn't start. I started walking. And what what I knew is I couldn't. Kelly kind of like Forrest Gump to start. Yeah, that, you know it's actually you're <laughs> the first person that's pointing that parallel out. But Please don't it's, punch me. It's, no, <laughs> it is it. It's like a tumbler fell into place because that's kind of what it was, right? And I just um, it was after Red Wings, uh, and I just watched our nation go through another Memorial Day like it was a three day weekend, mm-hmm. and I got really mad, and I got really mad for two reasons. One. I was mad because I needed people to miss my friends. So my friends thought you were dying for, and they didn't even know you. When mm-hmm. I mean, You don't miss them on the day you're supposed to, even though you didn't know them. It makes them dying for you not make sense to me, and I need to make sense to me. Yeah. And I was also mad at myself because I hadn't done Memorial Day well. I started losing my friends. So I was embarrassed, right? And so I remember we were in a, a, a thing. And, and when I use the word citizen, it's a um, – civilian is kind of a neutral word for me. Citizen is a positive. Citizen – you can be a civilian and never make a difference in your life, right? You just generally, just, you just don't mess up. You manage downside risk, right? Citizen is someone who takes this incredible, imperfect, incomplete gift called being an American and does something with it, pouring into your community and you're just doing, you're, you're, it's the parable of the town. Like you're pouring yeah. it out in other people. And so I was over to barbecue with these amazing friends who were all great citizens. They'd never served, but they were great citizens. And you know, my bride came up to me, and she said, hey, you're scaring everybody. I said, no, I'm not. We're in Holland Park. And uh, <laughs>
1: No, yeah, yeah. I could just tell you are scaring and people. A, and
0: uh, <laughs> I had this big beard and this tattoos, and she's, she pulled me over. She showed me a picture. She pulled me outside of the house, and I was like, all right, maybe a little bit. And she put her arms <laughs> on my shoulders, and she said, Um, I've never known you to not do something about the things that bother you, so do something or get over it. So I went home, and I put a pound in my pack for every person I lost, and I just started walking. Mm. And uh, I was walking around White Rock Lake, and it was brutally hot. Mm. Like, I needed that. Like, I needed that. Mm. You know, Chris Kyle a great friend. He said something one time we were working out, and he goes, you know, good pain pushes out bad pain. I've never forgot that. And that's kind of what was happening. Like, this good pain was pushing out bad pain. And I came around the corner, and there's an older gentleman, and I could just tell he's a World War II veteran, just mm. ramrod straight, like, mm-hmm. incredible military bearing. And I was gonna say something to him as I got close to him, but he actually said something to me first. And I turned and looked at him and I took my headphones out and he goes, Son, and I said, Yes, sir. He goes, Who are you carrying? Mm-hmm. And it floored me. I mean, it just floored me. And I shared with him the name of a, a friend that that I'd lost. And um mm-hmm. and he just kinda had this knowing look, right? Mm-hmm. And I just kept walking. And um, that became kind of how I did Memorial Day mm-hmm. for the next few years. And then I had these amazing citizens um, that said, hey, what are you doing? And I told them, they're like, I need you to know that your friends matter to me. Mm-hmm. And then I want to tell you about my uncle or my mm-hmm. grandpa or my dad, right? And, and then that's really – it's just kind of turned into – and the other thing we want to do is like – Listen, I, I was over when nine eleven happened. So nine eleven happened, and and I started getting calls from all my buddies that were you know here, and they were SWAT, and they're they're like, "Hey man, we got your family. Don't worry about it. Go go do great things." And and um, it's deployment every day for law enforcement and fire and rescue. So one, uh, we want to do Memorial Day better. Two, we wanted to attract attention and steer resources to the best nonprofits on the planet. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I, th- I think in the philanthropic world, a lot of times the most passionate person is the founder. And the founder is either solving, not always, but often the, the, that initial crew and that they're either solving the problem they feel compelled to solve or they're raising resources. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if you got a great sniper, bring them the bullets. Like mm-hmm. don't, someone gets dug in, like don't make them come down. You just keep, take take bullets up to them, and let them stay on the problem. Mm-hmm. And the third thing we want to do is we wanted to make sure you guys you know, law enforcement fire and rescue you know how much we appreciated y'all because mm-hmm. we were going to get attention just being in the special operations community but uh, but to um uh, re- redirect a percentage of that attention to the other sacrificial services which yep. is fire rescue and and, and law enforcement so yep. and it's been that for me has been as rewarding as anything else i mean i was i mean i was walking through little rock arkansas and all the swat guys up there they're Walking next to me, I was like, man, that's really cool that you got all kitted up. Walking on there like, no, nah, man, we're on duty right now. I was like, Oh, man, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Right like, that's all the excuse I needed to slow down a little. I was just trying to, I was trying to press y'all. This has been going way too fast. So, so it
1: grew from, it started <laughs> just incredible. you walking. Yeah,
0: in 2006, I think it was just me and did that for a few years. And our very first carry the load was in 2011. And it was, and I'd ask Stephen and Holly and, and a few other people uh, to, to kind of help me start it. And Rebecca Harslug, uh who's amazing and become our executive director. And she really kind of reinvented it. She yelled at Stephen and I. And she's like, that's just about it, y'all. I'm not going to bring my family to that. Why don't you do something like this? I was like, your idea is better. I <sighs> like your idea. And uh, and then, you know, that that was at Y Rock Lake. You know, and uh, like 700, 800 people came, which just blew us away. Right? Yeah. And then we moved down to Ravishon Park. And you know, I think mm-hmm. it was like. Almost five thousand the next year. Mm. And then I mean it's it's almost every year the Memorial Day March has attracted fifteen, twenty thousand on 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 the Sunday of a three day weekend in mm-hmm. Texas. People come back in from the lake. And, you know, and then the Memorial Day Mar the Memorial May marches are incredible. Yeah. you go from Seattle to Dallas, and then Minot, North Dakota to Dallas, from Chicago to Dallas, Minneapolis to Dallas, and then mm-hmm. uh, Cemetery of West Point to Dallas. Do you and still tw- walk twenty four seven, three twenty four seven. You're walking every five miles. You walk with a family. Somebody lost someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you still walk? Yeah, yeah. I try to. I haven't been out on the relays in the last couple of years, but I love the relays. But I've been to every everyone yeah. down there. Yeah. I, I I I retired from carry the load because i'm an invasion guy and like once the occupation starts like once there's excel spreadsheets i'm like i'm out can't no, numbers <laughs> hey <laughs> but you're <laughs> a
1: freaking economics major bro.
0: economics <laughs> well also like i'm the average. guy like there's a yeah, like, we, we, we were ascending into a season uh, we were ascending to a season where i just really felt like steven and some of the other guys were just they were they were what the organization needed man i mean like you know, some you need a linebacker for a little while, but then you need a quarterback. And then I just yeah. – I needed to do a better job of some of the other things. Yeah, I'm better, kind of a – Better face. A, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, yeah. we both know that's not true, but I appreciate you saying that. Well, you Jenny, got into right? the modeling then. Yeah. You know, so – Yeah, I mean, I had the market on the – uh I signed a pretty lucrative deal with Hydroxy Cut as the before guy. Yeah. So I had that. I mean, yeah. I had that for probably – Five years, I was yeah, a poor so. guy in a lot of those things. <laughs> then Xenadrin <laughs> came along. There was a—I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's preacher contract. Yeah, yeah, we've got some non-disclosures yeah. and some non-circumventions.
1: Here. Every yeah. every big and tall magazine yeah. across the country. Yeah. <laughs> but I
0: had that. I had that before. marker was mine. Yeah, I had. But I just like you
1: know, it, shave
0: your chest. Don't shave your chest. Just too much. It's too much. <laughs>
1: Why is he looking at me when he says that? It's kind of weird. <laughs> like we totally made eye contact on that one. That's kind of
2: weird. Well, that's a big. That's a big loving between y'all two. Right? there that's like,
1: at least six hundred pounds. Yeah, a least six hundred pounds in a in a big sock, just going
2: at it. <laughs> <laughs> a big wool sock. Well, you were a fullback, weren't you? Linebacker. I did play fullback. Yeah, Where did you play you
1: college? Uh, man, I went to a little small school up in St. Louis called Lindenwood University. I'm sure, I know. Man, Lindenwood had a linebacker. It wasn't this last year.
0: It was the year before. That dude was a football playing Jesse man. Yes. he had a linebacker. He was. I don't know if he made it in the league,
1: but I wanted him to. I mean, he was. So a, uh, I honestly i um, I get the um, the alumni letter, and I want to say he's still in the league. I want to say for Green Bay, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, he I want to say for he Green was Bay a football player. Yeah, man. you know, even even when I went up there and played football, you know, and then it was NAI. Yeah. Um, I you know, left Texas at like six two, two eighty, played mm-hmm. center, and I go up there and I'm like, Holy shit, these are some
0: yeah, these big these friggin' some Midwest Midwest, Midwest boys, 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 man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had dudes from like Nebraska, oh, yeah. uh, Kansas. You get the JJ uh, Watt, who's the runt of the litter. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and honestly, it's it's so funny. You get these big old meat hooks like I the guy yeah. I played with it, like his wedding ring is a napkin holder. Dude, so <laughs> Dude, I was like, So So I'm nit- sitting here, I'm like how in the hell is this guy not at Nebraska or yeah. Kansas or Iowa or Ohio? Or whatever? Too far away from the farm. No, well, he's freaking dumb as a box of rocks. Or that, <laughs> or that. <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks. Are had something come up in their background, yeah. and just the college is like, man, I'm just going to separate. Yeah, but man, we, you know, um, yeah, man, that Missouri Valley Division, those guys, they are some what studs. I, that's why I tell man. guys, studs. I was like,
0: hey, man, it is all about film. Go, go where you're gonna get reps and play the scouts will find you yeah like
1: go where you can absolutely go go where you can play we had a guy on my team um in college from plano (laughs) offensive lineman and he got picked up by the redskins yeah. Right. And he spent uh, a couple years in league knocking around from team to team, but he was just, you know, from. I look at Walter Payton. Yeah. Walter Payton, you know, uh, Jerry Rice. I mean, yeah.
0: a lot of people think Jordan Ramsey, you know, J- Jaden, he's cornerback. cornerback. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey played at um, uh,
1: Charleston, mm-hmm. you know, the college. I mean, like, yeah. they're going to find you if you're it, good, man. I tell all these guys, oh, man, you know, I won't go to big school. I'm like, man, just go to school. 100%. Just go to and school it, and play ball if that's your thing. Because no. I'm telling you right now, even though I played small college football, I had a blast, and that's it that's was one thing I
0: will tell you. I blast. will tell you, it was a blast. My daughter's gifted athlete, and we were talking about this. I said, "Hey, listen, um, there are elements of playing at the Division I level that produce a college experience that's different than what many hope it to be." Right? Like you know you. Um, cause it's all consuming. Cause it has to be, I mean, yeah. if you're in the SEC, you, yeah. you, you, you have to be fully committed to being a student and an athlete and, and, and nothing exists outside of those two things. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, as I love, I love the, the small schools, man, it's, 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 um, I love purity of the game and often you find purity of the game at those places.
1: It is very pure yeah. there because again, you know, like the big schools, they have everything. Yeah. Like talk about SEC, Alabama, Georgia all these schools. They have everything mm-hmm. that they ever wanted. Man, we were beg bar, and stealing for everything that we could get, you know, our hands on. Yeah. You know, like when I played. And now yeah. it's different. I mean left now, shoe reebok, right shoe yeah. And Nike. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully, you know, like my shoelaces match. And, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um yeah, but now, man, it's awesome. Yeah. Now those guys up there are killing it. Well I think I think it's cool too. I think with the proliferation of like YouTube and stuff like that, it, like it's just
0: Go where you're going to love the game because right. there's a gear that's available to you when you love it that isn't when you don't. Mm-hmm. And I tell guys, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends that are in the league and every, every one of them, because it's really hard. though, like, man, I don't love the game anymore. I'm like, so? And they go, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't have to love what you do. like you. But if what you do allows you to do what you love, you can't resent it. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to at least respect it, right? Yeah. Like this whole passion profession thing, man, people are taking that out of control out of kind like listen, if your passion and professional line, that's great. It's gonna induce another a, a certain set of problems mm-hmm. and balance, right? Um, but if your passion and your profession don't align, but your profession facilitates funds or enables a passion, then out of friend I told him like, man, I think you think you hate football because you think you work for football. And I listed all these things he's been able to do for his family and for orphanages and all that stuff. And I said, Man, I'm just telling you, it looks like Football works for you. It doesn't look like you work for football. Yeah. And it was pretty profound for him to kind of be able to see that. And yeah. and he'd say it prolonged his career a few years. And it wasn't like any was. it was just an observation on my part. I was like, Hey man, you know, looks like football's doing I was like, You're dumb. You're one of the <laughs> dumbest guys I know. Like D U M He's talking about you? I'm like D-U-M don't even know he is looking at me I was like like, D-U-M don't even know I spelled it wrong dumb (laughs) like this is nothing's gonna pay you millions of years millions of dollars because you're just dumb yeah But you're athletic as shit, so he's it Yeah, he's kind of dumb. He's like, he's not dumb. I mean, you can't listen, you can't be dumb in the NFL. No, I mean, you just can't do it. It's like uh, the the problem with K 12, K 12 celebrates a particular kind of genius at the expense of all others. Mm -hmm. But your ability to consume a playbook and perform that playbook under pressure, yeah, and like that is a a form of genius. It is, it it means you have the capacity for genius. Um, and uh,
1: but yeah I was like and it was interesting dude, that's like that uh, the scene from the movie The Program where Alvin oh, yeah. Mack yeah. I mean oh. you know, he's like kind of that big <laughs> yeah. dumb character yeah, yeah. but he gets in the film room yeah it also and makes dude, sense yeah he is just spouting off those plays beautiful the, mind yet yeah. yeah, the backer does this I, I do this yeah, yeah.
0: I understand. It's like yeah. the scene of old school. So yeah. the industrial revolution. No, <laughs> oh, I got this. <laughs> That's how you debate. <laughs>
1: have, have we missed anything? I mean, like we've been uh, talking for an hour forty five. Have we? Oh, missed, have we really? Yeah. Have, have we missed anything? My wife's
0: gonna be so mad. <laughs> oh, well. oh well,
1: freedom. I told her for, just tell us our phone. Uh, so for the, it's I, for I the should say, say it. She but you buy. are a a. Bigger version of Forrest Gump, like yeah. everything you touch has kind of turned to gold, and you're just kind of trucking along and goldish, just, gold-ish. goldish, goldish. Well, goldish, yeah, it's gold. goldish. Yeah. yeah, it's a made I'm, of
0: Listen, I advantage myself. I, I never put my I never put myself in a position to do anything I can't be passionate for, and so a, a meaningful percentage of what I've been able to do is 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 is, is, is prepositioning for success. I'm mean, hey, I want to be around people that inspire me. I want to yeah. be doing something that inspires me. Um, I'm going to do something that's going to challenge me. Ray Lewis, he says it so well, and I, and I, it's up on my um, whiteboard. You got to have three people in your, you got to three kinds of people in your life, and everybody beyond this is expendable. You got to have the excited, you got to have the grateful, and you got to have the passionate. So excited, grateful, and passionate. You get you surround yourself feel like that, like something good's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And the harder you do, the harder job you have, which you know everybody in this profession has a tremendously brutal job. It's incredibly important that you're surrounded by people who remind you who you are, what you're about, why you start doing hard things. And that's why this is such an easy podcast to say yes to, because I'm... I mean, hopefully, evidence of our affection for and appreciation for law enforcement. Well, yeah, is and I just, throughout yeah. the whole building.
1: As a TTPOA, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for us because we've worked with you in the past, and you yeah. you've spoken and, and and come to conferences and, and everything. Every, and, time. Every and, um, time you letting us use your podcast studio here as kind yeah. of our little makeshift. I yeah. or, sure. or, or you know whatever. I mean, this is great. It's a great setup for uh, for him and I and and, and our guest and everything that we have going on. So yeah, uh, yeah thanks for everything. Thanks oh, for helping great. the First Responder group. It was great, man. Appreciate Hold fast us. and stay yeah.
2: true, and thanks for everything you guys do. No. So, guys, if you're always looking for a place and you don't have one, reach out to Clint. Yeah, get-highground.com. Uh, get- get yeah. So, man, Clint, it was an honor, and I appreciate uh, everything you do well, for appreciate us. Appreciate you guys so much, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you uh, so much. Well, and, go, Go Army, right? Uh shut your face. Oh, wow. That's what Lieutenant Dan told okay. me to tell you. Yeah. When he punches you, I'm just gonna <laughs> fucking laugh
1: because you totally deserve it. Yeah, I do. All right. All right. All right guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh train hard, stay safe. See you guys.